Associations already warned that services would buckle under the strain of more cuts. North Yorkshire police have apologised for failing to properly investigate sex abuse claims against Jimmy Savile and one of his friends, the former mayor of Scarborough, Peter Giaconelli. 35 people have come forward in the past year to make allegations against the two men. The force's internal inquiry says officers missed opportunities to investigate the conduct of the pair while they were still alive but found no evidence of misconduct. A plasterer from Leighton Buzzard has pleaded guilty to tax fraud. Christopher Green illegally claimed £23,000, as Carol Abercrombie reports. The court heard the 26-year-old filed his and his father's returns online, exaggerating the amount of tax they'd already paid to inflate their tax repayments. Investigators say that if he hadn't been caught, he would probably have continued to falsify his accounts. Green pleaded guilty to evasion of income tax and fraud. He was given a 15-month suspended sentence and 250 50 years of community work. A Hertfordshire man who stole a T-shirt costing just £2.50 from a local charity shop was left with a £60 bill after being taken to court for shoplifting while he was homeless. Carl Arnold from Hillpath in Letchworth Garden City admitted taking the T-shirt but received no formal punishment given the circumstances. He was asked to pay £45 costs and £15 victim surcharge. In sport, former England Limited's overs coach Ashley Giles says England captain Alistair Cook's form is a concern ahead of the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand next year. Cook said he'll have to wait and see if he keeps the captaincy after England were beaten 5-2 in the recent one-day international series in Sri Lanka. England's 15-man World Cup squad has been has to be named by the 7th of January with their first match against Australia on the 14th of February. The weather cloudy and mild with a top temperature of 14 degrees Celsius. That's 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. What's going on? Is it 2012? I'll be down in a minute. What are you doing the bulletin for? Kath? 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 Kath! 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 Catherine! Kath! 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 Kath? 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 Kath! What? Oh, here she is. Just, uh, sorry, Kath, just asking. What? We, we were just asking, what, what were you doing the bulletin for? No, Barry. Oh, OK. Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks. <laughs> Let's see who's behind door number 18. Toby Friedner. The ultimate way for me to spend Christmas Day, I think, is with the family, opening presents on Christmas morning, sitting in front of the log fire at the in-laws' house on Exmoor, carols playing in the background and snow falling on the ground. Building up to Christmas, only Another lie. to go with BBC Three Counties Radio. Does, has he ever been to Christmas? 
morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. And what a, um, um, a, a KBS we've had this morning, haven't we? A what? A KB special. KBS. Yep. Do you know? Special? Kick. State. Kick something scramble. Oh. Do you not know what the B stands for? No. Oh. Have you not heard that phrase before? No. That's a phrase, isn't it? A kick something scramble? You must forgive me. I'm a visitor to your <laughs> area. <laughs> to our planet. <laughs> um, great bulletin, Catherine. What was it What was it like going back in time and, and doing a bulletin like you used to do back in the old days? Like riding a bike. Yeah. Except less uh, fun. Now, whenever you say riding a bike, I always have the image of your sister Just, uh, on Christmas Day. It was less that. Yeah. And more wee! There we go. Fantastic. Well, in all that excitement, you've not written a menu. What do you want to know? What's on the show? We're going to be talking to the auntie of a, a victim of domestic oh, violence yes. who ended up being murdered by her husband while he was out on bail. Hertfordshire police have got some serious questions to answer there. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the case of a homeless man who was prosecuted for pinching a £2.50 T-shirt. He's going to end up having to pay £60. And we've got there's a great story in The Sun today uh, about a coach driver was driving, I think, from Manchester to London. No, from Bradford, sorry, to, to Heathrow. He got lost in Luton. Uh, and he got so frustrated, he just went, do you know what, stuff this, and got off the bus and walked off! Fair play. Fair play to that. Your bus stories, please, and what have you walked out of in disgust? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. 
Now, a Hertfordshire man is serving the first day of a life sentence for murdering his wife, Medina Landsberg, in Hatfield. Her death in June came despite Dexter Landsberg's arrest for assaulting her a few months before. Well, it's a pretty horrific story, and Catherine Boyle joins me now. And you can tell us more about this case, can't you, Catherine? Yeah, Medina Landsberg was a pastor at her local church, and you'll hear more about her personality later when we meet her auntie, Kay Hunder. But by all accounts, she was a friendly, helpful person with an infectious smile, and Kay will tell you later that her behaviour changed when her husband, Dexter, was around. She'd only really chat freely when he wasn't there. Now, Kay told our reporter that Medina had been with Dexter since the age of 19, but for the past 10 years, things have been difficult. Slowly but surely, we found that he... Uh, didn't want her to have anything to do with her family. Um, he stopped her from socialising. She was no longer coming to family uh, functions. She didn't turn up to parties. She didn't turn up to weddings. She didn't, even to funerals, she was no longer turning up. Um, she only spoke to you when he wasn't there on the phone. Um, there were times that she wouldn't even come, come answer your email or even speak to others on the social network unless he had approved. Now, one of the issues here is that Hertfordshire police knew there'd been violence in the past, didn't yeah, they? Because Dexter Lundberg was actually on bail for assaulting Medina when he oh. murdered her. Now, this has obviously led to a number of questions about how well looked after she was, and Hertfordshire Police has actually referred its handling of the case to the Independent Police Complaints Commission. Now, the IPCC has sent us a statement to the effect that Hertfordshire Constabulary should now carry out a local investigation into their contact with Medina Landsberg prior to her death. Uh, they add, we advised the force that if any evidence arises during their investigation that might merit this decision being reconsidered, this should be referred to as a Again. Okay, so uh, uh, Dexter Landsberg is serving uh, a, a life sentence. What's the actual, what are the figures and what have the family said? Okay, well, Landsberg was told, told by the judge at St Albans Crown Court yesterday that he must serve a minimum of 13 and a half years in prison. Kay Honda, uh, the auntie in this situation, has told us she's disappointed with this, but uh, adds that no sentence could bring her niece back and she says she'll miss Medina's positive spirit. She had such an infectious laugh, an infectious smile. She was such an encourager. She encouraged so many people. The strangest thing is she was so, such an encourager, even at a very, very young age, always looked on the positive side of life and wanting to help everybody else. Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. 
it's just dawned on me there's a connection between this song and the last one. Know what it is? Take the last train across Oh, oh dear. Well, the connection between this song and paperback writer by the Beatles is the writers of this song, Boyce and Hart, heard the fade-out to paperback writer and they thought this was the riff and they were saying take the last train to something. So there's that. Now, unfortunately, we don't have a newsreader today. Barry Caffrey, uh, we hope he's OK, but he's not bothered. He's not turned up. There have been a few complaints on my Facebook page already, Catherine, about your bulletin. And we need to listen. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to um, uh, do a wee wee all over your chips. Oh. Although, if you haven't I don't got want vinegar, that that's a handy alternative. Mm, you need to drink more water if that's the case. Morning, Ian. When Kath read the news, was she sure about two hundred and fifty years of community service? That's from uh, Joe Fulsham. What community service? I wasn't listening to you, if I'm honest. I wasn't either. What did I say? Apparently you said someone had been given 250 years of community service. No. What? I don't remember saying anything about... Hang on, let's have a look. Oh, flipping it. Let's have a look what got said. Joe, we're your BBC. I apologise, obviously. I probably uh, made a mess, but it's been a little bit fraught. But, Joe, if you're available, uh, we've got another oh. bulletin in about 15 minutes. She's poning you, mate. She's poning you there. Hello, uh, did sorry. you say it, Catherine, yay or nay? Uh, I don't know. Let's have a look what was written. I think if it was all... written down, it's like Anchorman. If it's written down, I'm going to read it. We've all been tainted by the curse of scoins, haven't we? No one's able to be honest anymore, or decent. Hey, there was a great argument in the office yesterday. I missed it, but oh yeah, no, and it wasn't me that said it. It was Carol Abercrombie in the voice piece. Hey, so it wasn't Catherine. So Joe, you apologise to Catherine, um, and uh, Carol can apologise to Joe. Yeah, I think everyone's happy. Great argument in the office yesterday between Paul Scoynes and Justin Daly. We'll tell you exactly what was said after this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's looking very clear at the moment, having a look at the cameras on the M1. It's looking uh, fine through Junction 6. Having a look at the speed sensors, no reports of any problems on the M25. And on the A1 Great North Road, it's moving well at the moment through the roadworks on the Black Cat Roundabout. In Milton Keynes, A421 Standing Way, it's roadworks around the Kingston Roundabout, so expect delays there later on as we get into the morning rush. And on the trains, Thameslink have half an hour delays between Bedford and Gatwick Airport. That's because of overnight engineering works overrunning at Redhill. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you so much, Sammy. Glad you turned up. 6.16! I, I am glad you turned up. Sorry, I realise that sounded really sarcastic. Thanks, Samantha. I'm, I'm genuinely glad you turned up. That's sounding even more sarcastic! 6.16. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man from Hatfield is beginning a life sentence for the murder of his wife with a minimum of 13 and a half years. Councils across the country will find out this morning how much money they're likely to receive from the government in the next financial year. OK, bye. BBC Three Counties Radio.
If you've missed any of the programmes from the last week, you've missed things like this. You are an absolute disgrace, and I think you should be ashamed, ashamed of the opinions that you hold and the things you do. But there is a way you can hear it all again. This is your own words. Would you promote homosexuality if that child wanted to be gay? And I said no. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio, allowing you to listen to what you missed. Children know that killing a baby is wrong. The JVS Show. I don't mean to be rude, Andy, but I would have great concerns when you spend most of your life standing outside abortion clinics being nasty to women who are making perhaps the most difficult decision they've ever had to make. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. Hi, I'm Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. And I wish you a reggae Christmas. I wish you a reggae Christmas. I wish you a reggae Christmas and a happy new year. Wow, Ian Lee, your voice sounds so reggae. sisters
with it, sisters. There's a new regime here. 08459 four double five five double five. Thank you, Mr O'Sullivan. <clears throat> now, and thank you, Kelly. Now, a uh, homeless man from Letchworth has been ordered to pay £60 after admitted stealing a £2.50 T-shirt. Carl Arnold from uh, Hillpath admitted taking the shirt from a YMCA charity shop. The court decided not to hand down a formal punishment given the circumstances, but told him to pay £45 in costs and £15 victim surcharge. Well, Frankie Packard is a project manager at the Stevenage Haven Homeless Charity. Morning, Frankie. What's your reaction to this story? Um, I, I can't pretend to know the ins and outs of, of the story, but of what I've heard, um, I do find it impossible to understand how um, someone who's already down is being kicked down even further and then obviously being plunged into debt, which obviously stealing in the first place indicates there may be some issues there that need dealing with. So why would you be adding another cost fine to, to a person that obviously hasn't got any money. This is what seems odd to me. You know, obviously we're not condoning stealing, but of he's course. homeless. He's, he's nicked a £2.50 t-shirt, mm-hmm. which says he can't afford a £2.50 t-shirt, mm-hmm. and now he has to pay £60. Mm-hmm. It does seem um, a strange punishment to hand out. Yeah, I have to say, he, he's not the first. Um, oh, really? Does this happen? Uh, it has happened before. Yeah. Um, we've known people that um, have come to us who have a, a criminal record for stealing a sandwich um, because they're hungry um, out of supermarkets, and uh, they've had an on-the-spot fine of £80 um, in, in shops. And obviously there's no way that anybody's got... Most people don't walk around with £80 on them anyway. No. Um, so, I mean, a homeless person who's hungry is very unlikely to have £80 on them. It seems... Another thing that, that strikes me as odd, Frankie, is mm-hmm. that this... And we've, we, is it, we've approached the YMCA for comment. This, this was a YMCA, a charity shop... Yeah, ..that's yeah. kind of designed to help people like this gentleman. Yeah, it, it, it is strange because um, that, uh, I, I do work with um, lots of agencies... In including YMCM, find them to be really, really helpful. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. And um, I, I, I do find this a bit odd. And as I say, I don't know the ins and outs no. of the details of it, but um, it, it may not be them. It may be um, an overzealous um, shop um, walker or, or someone on that. Yeah. So it could be that. But all, all said and done, it is, un, it is very unusual for, for a charity um, to do anything like that. But believe me, many, many shops do and if they'll prosecute over someone obviously hungry for a sandwich then they will definitely prosecute for a t-shirt uh, and again, again why we I do again we don't condone uh, any kind of thievery of course, but I, I i know for a fact if if i fell on hard times and i couldn't afford to feed my kids oh you I, i'd be taking whatever i could of course it, i would it, it's not it's not unusual no it's, it's not an unusual situation and the worst thing of that is obviously someone stealing a a t-shirt sandwich um they obviously haven't got any money, so why add to their yeah. problems by making them pay fines or, or court costs? Which uh, who who is gaining out of that? Who who does it? Who does it um, appease? You Fra- know it, what happens. Frankie, the Stevenage Haven Homeless Charity. How, how do you help people who possibly in Carl's situation and other uh, homeless people? Um, well, for a start, anybody can call um, at the door, providing they're homeless, um, um, for food for a start that before anything else they can always call for a sandwich um a hot drink um 
We also run um, a cold weather provision. We have 18 residents in our, our place at the moment, but we also run a cold weather provision and we are opening a new um, cold weather provision for, with, in conjunction with a church to help another 10 street homeless people during the winter months. Um, that, so people can call to us and we will very least we will redirect them to somewhere to keep people off the street. How big a problem is it in Stevenage? Um, it's, it, it's quite a problem, but the bigger problem is a lot of people come from outside Stevenage to Stevenage. Right. Um, so we are dealing with a lot of people that have, have come here because they know there's help here. That, that's a, a lot of the problem. There's yeah. a lot of help here. Um, and there will be signposts. We don't, we don't just turn people away. And we do try our best to help anybody. And have you noticed it getting worse in the last it couple is, of years? Well, it, it, it's obviously um, is getting worse. It will get worse as well because obviously we don't want to go into big detail, but there will be lots of changes to the benefit system. Yep. And that is going, it, it's starting now um, with um, extra sanctions on people. So it will get worse. Um, and we obviously are predicting it to be worse because we are having a, a new hostel built which will accommodate eight, uh, 40 people um, instead of our 18 that we have now. So we are predicting um, that rise in, in the local area. Frankie, keep up the good work. Have a good Christmas. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Frankie Packard, Project Manager at the Stevenage Haven Homeless Charity. I'd like to get your thoughts on this one. This fella, Carl Arnold, he's homeless. He nicked a £2.50 T-shirt from a YMCA charity shop. He got handed 60 quid in fines. I can't quite get my head around this. You know, obviously he shouldn't have nicked it, but I would imagine it was done out of desperation. And it was from the YMCA. Well, I'm assuming that they've not given us a statement. No, and they, no we, we approached a local shop. We, it's, it's from an unspecified YMCA yeah. shop. So we were just trying to get some facts of the case. It may be more, more uh, complicated than yeah. this, of course. But it's that, the, the, the YMCA is, is set up to help people like this. Exactly. So that's why we went to the shop. The shop referred us to the central press office. They've not got back to us. Okay. Um, but, you know, if anyone's listening that can give us a bit more information, we would appreciate it. But it does seem like an odd decision given that this is precisely the sort of person that that charity was set up to help. And by the way, if I ever were to fall on hard times, God forbid, and I couldn't feed my kids... I'd, I'd, I'd nick stuff. This isn't the same as nicking to order to go no. in and, and nicking a load of meat or booze that people are doing at the moment. Yeah. This is a guy nicking two pound fifty t-shirt. But then again, there'll be some people listening and think, well, but thieving is wrong on, on any level. You know, you shouldn't do two pound fifty or twenty five quid. What's the difference? You shouldn't be doing it. Oh eight four five nine. Four double five, five double five. It comes down to the same thing we were talking about yesterday about the rehabilitation of offenders. Mm. Okay, punish them, but think about whether it fits what they've done and what their situation is, because otherwise it, it, it could spiral into worse crimes, couldn't it? How's he going to get this 60 quid? I'm assuming he'll do it through lawful means. Yes, I'm, I'm sure he will, I'm sure but he will. But if someone has nothing, yeah. why, fi- you know, ask them for more money? I'll tell you what, Kath, I'll see you in about uh, three minutes. Well, well, you can see me now. No, you're in, that, you're in a different studio, so I'm going to... Oh, Go that. To- OK, yeah. I will be there in three minutes. Thank you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Starting with the trains, Thameslink have half-hour delays between Bedford and Gatwick Airport. That's because of overnight engineering works that have overrun at Redhill. Having a look at the roads, and it's not looking too bad at the moment. On the M25, it's moving well, but on the A405 North Orbital Road, it's starting to get busy around the Junction 21A roundabout. In Roxton, on the A1 Great North Road, around the Black Cat roundabout, there are other roadworks going on, not causing any hold-ups at the moment, but will get busy during the morning rush later on this morning. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. It's kind of a head scratcher, this uh, story about the homeless gentleman stealing a £2.50 T-shirt and getting a 60 quid fine. I, d- I can't really work out where my thoughts lay on this one. Do let, let me know what your thoughts are. Right, let's get the news. Here's... Oh, it's Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Headlines, a Hatfield man has begun serving a minimum of 13 and a half years for murdering his wife while out on bail for assaulting her. Dexter Landsberg had already been arrested for assaulting 31-year-old Medina when she was found dead in June. Councils across the country will find out this morning how much money they're likely to receive from the government in the next financial year. It's expected that ministers will confirm their desire that local authorities should once again freeze council tax. A Hertfordshire man who stole a T-shirt costing £2.50 from a local charity shop was left with a £60 bill after being taken to court for shoplifting while homeless. Carl Arnold from Hillpath in Letchworth Garden City admitted taking the T-shirt and received no formal punishment but was asked to pay £45 in costs and £15 victim surcharge. In sport, the former England Limited Overs coach Ashley Giles says England captain Alistair Cook's form is a concern ahead of the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand next year. Cook said he will have to wait and see if he keeps the captaincy after England were beaten 5-2 in the recent one-day international series in Sri Lanka. And the weather, cloudy and mild with the top temperature of 14 degrees Celsius, that's 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Woo! Woo! Yeah! You rocked that little man. More! It's not about me, guys. It's not about me, it's about stories. Encore! Encore! More! Do you have a cat's news bin? Yeah, I do. Shall I have a look? Go on, let's have a little look. This is 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 really, it's like classic calf. I've got Tyra's news from last night. Beautiful, let's have it. Oh, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you wanted more, you got more. Would you please welcome back to the stage, it's Catherine Boyle! At 6.31, last night's news. A High Court judge won't make a decision on a waste incinerator in Hatfield until the new year. A government's refused permission for the plant at New Barnfield, even though Hertfordshire County Council wants it. And last night's weather for beds, hearts and bucks, a cloudy and breezy evening. Temperatures overnight dropping to a mild 9 degrees Celsius. That's 48 degrees Fahrenheit. Boo! Boo. Less! Less! Less. Boo! Get off! Rubbish! We want oxy, 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 we want oxy! I can't give you oxy, but in half an hour's time I will be unveiling Toby Friedner. Oh. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've made myself laugh, but I've made some of you cry with rage. Uh, I was playing the Gilbert O'Sullivan song, A Woman's Place, 
in which he rather tactfully, poetically and skillfully suggests that a woman's place is actually in the home. Well, we've had a significant number of complaints from um, various types of women. And me. From Catherine, from uh, female bishops, from lesbians, from feminists, from, from housewives. The common housewife. Well. And I've been told I have to, I've played the yin, I now have to play the yang. So here's the antidote for all you feminazis out there. <laughs> what I'm talking about. Morning, guys. Uh, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Um, uh, oh, we've got some sad tweets, Catherine. Oh, no, what? 
Uh, Lando says, sorry, I'm missing the show as I'm not driving today. Oh, Lando, I knew there was something missing. And Alan says, uh, we can't listen to you. We've got James Whale. Then they've done a sad face. Oh. I would I would do a disappearing, moving out of the area face if I had to wait, if I was waking up with the whale. Jesus, that guy's still going. I'd do one of those puff of winds. Sorry? You do you those puff of winds all the time. <laughs> You're like, you know they found um, uh, farts on Mars? Did they? <laughs> this is true. Well, hot air rises, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. What up to Mars? <laughs> they have found farts on Mars, and you're you're like that. Why will I like that? Oh, I. You're like that woman. Hear me roar in numbers too big to ignore. You're not allowed to I sing this. I am invincible. I am indestructible. I'm Helen Reddy. You're a plum. What you got in the post, mate? They're um, shaming dogs in the Daily Mail. (laughs) Will this never end? The public shaming of dogs who've pulled over Christmas trees. Come on, that's what Christmas trees are for to dogs. Oh, guys. You're lucky they're just pulling it over and not giving it a dowsing. It seems that even our four-legged friends find it impossible to resist temptation at this time of year. Instead, presents under their trees, the owners of these devious dogs and cheeky cats are finding destroyed decorations, chewed up uh, cards and broken baubles. Well, it's weird to them to bring foliage indoors and that is what it is for. Well, you you should try having uh, children. Yeah. Jeez, stop climbing the tree! Right, that tree is going in the garage. Ah! You're going in the garage. Hey, so it turns out censorship is alive and well and we are bowing to our lords and masters in North Korea. You heard this? Yeah. So um, there's a film that was coming out called The Interview. Seth Rogen. I like Seth Rogen. It's a cheeky film though, isn't it? It's a cheeky film. It's about an attempted assassination on Kim um, Jong-un. Yeah. Sorry? That's what he's annoyed about. Right. I can understand why he's not. So what he's done though... Is Kim Jong-un has then hacked into America. He's hacked America yeah. and released all of these emails. And embarrassed the head of Sony. And by the way, there's, there's parallels between this and uh, um, uh, Snowden, Edward Snowden. Right. Because he's the fella that released all of the files about the CIA and the FBI and all that stuff, right? And none of the press in America printed it. Very little of the press printed. I think The Guardian was the only one over here, um, some other ones, but, but not much press in the States printed it because it was, it, it was invasion of privacy and national security. Mm-hmm. All of the papers have printed the stuff that's been leaked from Sony. And I know it's, of, uh, it's a different significance, but... It's people gossiping after They're time, condoning. They're condoning yeah. this theft. And by the way, the, the heads of Sony have been threatened, their families have been threatened with being murdered. So the press is condoning this stuff. Isn't that weird? Surely there should have been a blanket ban. Well, they think it's showbiz, so it's it, all, it It's not matter. the fact that some woman said that Angelina Jolie was like a piece of wood and her new film was a stinker. And she's a spoiled brat. It's, it, that, that's irrelevant. It's, the same, it's, it's private information that has been leaked by people who are naughty... And yet they're going... Anyway, North anyway, Korea's one. This, the, film's, this film's being pulled. It's not the first film of its kind. A lot of people said, oh, well, the mistake was making a living leader. What about that Leslie Nielsen one where they were trying to assassinate the Queen and they had that Queen um, lookalike that they always crank out? Computers weren't... Um, uh, Jeanette, somebody. Co- computers weren't good enough to hack, hack in well, there. No, I think it's also about a level of um, insecurity on but the North fact, Korea's part, isn't it? What? Listen, North Korea... Sony KO for Korea film over 9-11 fear. Sony last night dropped plans to show controversial North Korea comedy The Interview after computer hackers issued terror threats over its leaf. Come on, guys. This is insane. Because we, we can't bow down to North... You can't show that film. Up yours, North Korea. 
What are you going to do about it? Oh, hang on a minute. Step away from the big red button. It's only a film. And, it, you know, it's pro- I just think it's crazy that, that, that America has bowed to... that Hollywood has bowed to this, this pressure. Do you think it's crazy, Andy? Uh, yes. It is a little bit crazy. Can um, I just say something? Can I, I want to thank all of the listeners and the callers to BBC Three Counties Radio, and this is a genuine point. I, um, I am seeing another radio station, right? I do another show in Birmingham at the weekends. I'm sorry. We're going to talk about that anymore. No, I know, but it's relevant, uh, right? It's, it's funny you should say that, because I'm from Coventry, and I listened to you on Friday afternoon. Oh, at 2 right. o'clock. So you've been covering uh, for him. I thought I, no. I thought I meant something to you, Andy. Why didn't you tell me? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Well, I'm just cheap, aren't I? But but this is the thing, right? A lot of the callers to the to the WM show mm. are very very racist, right? And I like that. I enjoy. They that. don't care what they say, do they? But what they can't do is what Andy has just done. Okay, so so it says here Andy's called up about t-shirts, right? Yeah. And so if a caller to WM it says the, the caller is called up about t-shirts, yeah. and I'm talking about Kim Jong Un, I would throw to the caller at WM and say, Can you stop saying WM? Okay, I would throw to the caller at uh, BBC WM ninety five point six, and uh, would say. What do you think about this film? And they go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> especially, I, run, especially Ranjit. Yeah, yeah. He's another regular. I, I can't do a Burnt Bro accent. I've, I've called in to talk about T-shirts. They can't do a spontaneous conversation like you guys can at Three Counties Radio. Wait, this so doesn't guys, work in Andy's case because he's one of them. He's exactly... Hey, hey, come hey, on. Hey, 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 I'm from Coventry. Hey, <laughs> anyway, that's enough yeah. cross-promotion. Andy, what do you have for us? Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, no, this, this, t- uh, this T-shirt costs £2.50. Oh, yeah. In the shop, but yeah. it was given for free. Yeah, because it's a charity shop, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I don't know what. Um, so you're saying you know, the shop got it for free? So well, if it, if it, if it goes, then they've not really lost anything. Exactly, it didn't cost them anything. So yeah, absolutely. Sure. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I know I can see your point. The, the thing is, at some point, either the shop or the security in the shopping complex, wherever it is, would have caught this fella with the t-shirt. Yeah. Surely they could have seen he was homeless and said, look, mate, give us a T-shirt, don't go in the shop, don't go in that shop again. I don't want to see you around yeah. here for a while. Couldn't or, they have done that? And or, then or, hopefully put him in some sort of, I, I don't know, process whereby he gets long-term help and he's not living hand-to-mouth or hand-to-T-shirt, do you know what I mean? It's, it just seems to be an odd way to tackle a problem that they should be familiar with working in that shop. You know, I, I don't know. Andy, before. listen, keep on uh, listening to me here there. Every bloody where. <laughs> <laughs> what you got? We might be missing something with this story, by the way. So if you are listening and you're from the YMCA... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Help us out. And I'm not, That's not, what we wanted to talk to you about. We're not knocking the YMCA. Cracking charity does cracking work. It's just... This has just left us scratching our heads a little bit. Yeah. It might not sound like much of a compliment, but being described of, as average-looking could be a good thing. Oh! Having a typical face means most people will find you more trustworthy, according to a study. That means neither being a minger or a stunner. Just being, just having a, a bland face. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you drove past someone, they might think you've got the airbags up. That kind of face. Sorry. Just a face, just a blank face. The airbags up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means. You know, dead plain. Okay. Why are you looking at me so intently? I'm, um, I'm... Uh, You're extraordinary. What? Psychologists created a scale... She called me extraordinary, Kels. She did, well done. You think I'm butters? Yeah, you oh, excellently you butters. ladies, keep me going in the morning. <laughs> you are women, I'll hear you roar. In numbers too big to ignore. What are you doing it in that voice for? I don't That's know. no longer acceptable. No. Psychologists created a scale of faces ranging oh, from unattractive to attractive scale. and found those around the halfway point were rated as the most trustworthy. Yeah. They said that the findings might be due to average faces seeming more familiar. 
Well, isn't that pleasant? Yeah. There's a silly story in the Daily Express. Angel I saw in the sky is Christmas message from my late father, says um, an arrogant woman. All about you. When Sherry Abbott spotted an angel in the clouds, well, there's a picture and it's a cloud. She immediately knew it was a sign from her late father. She was driving when the winged figure appeared in the sky in front of her car when some clouds made a shape. Sherry, 40, told her daughter, Laranka... Leave it. ..to take a picture of the vision, which um, hung in an otherwise cloudless sky for 30 minutes. Well, I can see other clouds around it, so that's not true. She was sure it was a Christmas message from her father, Colin Abbott, who passed away 20 years ago. Can you see the picture? That doesn't look like an angel to me. Looks like um, a, a duck. Yeah. It's like a I mean, my daughter, would, my daughter would say that was a dinosaur. She sees a lot of dinosaurs. I don't know why this is... This is a story on page five. It's got a, a, about a, a, a quarter of the page. You know why? Because it's got a photograph, it's got Christmas in it, and they are short of news. Sherry, a single mother from Boston, Lincolnshire, said, I just started sobbing. It was absolutely stunning. It was an angel sent down for me and nothing else. It was a sign to tell me everything was going to work out. As I was driving, I quickly told Loranka to take a picture. Yeah, I bet you did. Of course she did. Yeah, of course Loranka took a picture. It's like when Justin does reports from the car and he's driving. He's got that other lad with him, isn't he, that does mm. the driving. Sorry? Um, oh, dear. Well, I mean, you know, if that makes you feel better, good for you. But That's no. it, but I won't stick it in the paper because no. people are going to uh, disagree. Of course they are. £50 fine if you smoke with children in your car. We'll come to that in a second. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 towards London, Barry called to say that it's very slow between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. So having a look at the speed sensors, it does look very slow, particularly on the approach to Airport Way. And it's also starting to look slow on the A5 towards Junction 9 for Redbourne from Mark Yate at the moment. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's starting to get very busy around Junction 20 for Kings Langley. And in Palmer's Green, the North Circular Road has queuing ready between the Clockhouse Interchange and Bounds Green Road. On the trains, Thameslink have half-hour delays between Bedford and Gal- Airport. That's because of overrunning engineering works at Red Hill. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Sorry, Catherine, we have to break away from our conversation about philosophy so I can do the news. Is that OK? Always. Thank you. 6.46, it is um, Thursday, blimey, the 18th of uh, December, a week to go. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man from Hatfield is beginning a life sentence for the murder of his wife with a minimum of 13 and a half years. Councils across the country will find out this morning how much money they're likely to receive from the government in the next financial year. OK, bye. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Hang on a second. Hang on, Georgina. Hang on. Hang on. Right, sorry, Georgina. That, that was Groove is in the Heart by Delight. Well, that'll be coming up next. Is that OK, Georgina? I love that song. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I love that song. I'm tempted to use it for your bed, but we'll, we'll go for this instead. <laughs> Hang on. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. Well, it's a cloudy day today, but certainly a mild one. For some of us, it will be dry, but there are one or two spots of drizzle threatening and fairly breezy with a west to southwesterly wind. Highs of 13 degrees Celsius. That's a good four or five degrees above where it should be for the time of year. Now, we've got rain coming in from the west this evening. It's quite patchy to start off with, but becoming a bit more moderate in the early hours. Lows between six and 10 degrees, so cooler than last night but certainly not a cold night and tomorrow most of the rain should have cleared 
cleared by the morning commute and it takes the cloud with it. So we've got a relatively uh, clear day tomorrow, lots of sunshine around, lighter winds and highs of 10 or 11 degrees Celsius. Um, so slightly cooler than uh, today, but still warm for, for this time of year. And then Saturday through till Monday, it turns a bit cloudy and drizzly again, um, but much milder too. And that's your latest forecast. Nick Coffer's Weekend Kitchen. On Sunday morning, the Weekend Kitchen takes all the stress out of your Christmas meals. Even if you have never cooked Christmas lunch before, this is a great place to start. We'll bring you 15 simply perfect recipes for you to make at home. Makes it light but buttery and it's so quick. Including a clever roast turkey for two. What I've done is I've actually braised it. I've sort of pot roasted it with some vegetables and some wine. Delicious desserts. I've poached some pears in cranberry juice and I put them in a trifle. I've made a jelly with the cranberry juice that I've, I've simmered them in. And even ideas on what to do with all those leftovers. Basically just chop it all up, stir in a bit of the tikka paste that you can buy in the shops. The Weekend Kitchen Christmas Special, Sunday morning from 11 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, I'm, my name is Nick Coffer. I am from The Cooking Show and I wish you all a very happy reggae Christmas. Call 08459 555 BBC Three Counties Radio. So, Dealey, Gizar, we've got um, we've got me doing one of those. We've got JVS, we've got Koffer, we've got Mr. Priva, we've got Roberta, and we've got Luke Ashmead. Mm-hmm. If, I don't know if you if you're going to see any of the other presenters out and about on the streets of Luton today. Who would you like? Um, Lester McGregor, maybe. Yeah, let's get Nesta. Yeah. Let's get Yasmin. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll do for the for starters. Okay, fine. A uh, c- couple of things, Justin. First thing, you, you teased us with this, this excellent I story. I know, I gave you a little tickle before the uh, headlines. <laughs> Drivers who smoke with a child in the car... What? What are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm not tickling you now. Sorry. Drivers who smoke with a child in the car will face a £50 fine from next year under plans backed by ministers. They say making it a criminal offence will protect children from second-hand smoke, which is linked with serious health problems. Mm. Although we're going to get loads of phone calls saying, no one's proven it to me! (laughs) A ban is set to be implemented on October the 1st with police officers to issue fixed penalty notices for those caught smoking with an under-18 in the car. Hear, hear! All for that. The thing is, you think you know what Justin's going to say, and you never can tell. I thought you'd be dead against this. No, I mean, I'm a smoker, obviously. I've made that clear a few times on the programme, but I think it's very different. If you're in a a car with a child, that child hasn't got a choice. They've got to sit there. They've got to take it. So I think uh, these fines, fair play, all for them. What about at home? Um, at home again, yeah, similar sort of scenario. And we, uh, it was about six months ago. I spoke to parents and I said, "Do you smoke in front of your children?" Quite a few of them said yes. And I said, "Why do you do that?" And they said, "Well, everybody else does," and that's what they said. Good for uh, them. Fascinating. Well, I well, I, I don't think anyone can disagree with this. Uh, the question is, how do you enforce it? Because we still see people using their mobile uh, telephone oh, technology. Every yeah, day. and oh yeah, oh it's going to be police officers issuing uh, fixed penalty notices. So, yeah, the loads of police officers yeah. that we see patrolling the so streets. So it probably won't happen. You probably won't. The odds are you won't get done for it. But it's good that it's against the law. And, and no one can disagree with that. It just seems like common sense yeah, to me. Absolutely. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. And you say it's going to be tricky to enforce, but at least people know. No. Um, that's the law in this country, and if you are going to smoke in front of your children in the car, uh, you are running that risk. So at least we're trying to do something, aren't we? Tell you what the police ought to do, and I can't believe they've not done it already. 
is just have a uh, our Twitter feed where you can shop people so you can take a picture of them doing it with Well, but then it's encouraging people to use to take pictures while they're driving. Yeah, I know, but it saves them a job, you know. No, but then you're using your mobile phone. You're saving you'd a child's you'd, life. You'd have to take a selfie. You'd have to get... What's her name? That's the kid's name? Who? Letitia. Get her to take the picture. Yeah, you could get that. Who's Letitia? The kid who took the picture of the angel in the sky. That's oh, not an yeah, angel, oh, Loranka. <laughs> Loranka. Yeah. Uh, Justin, yeah. great story here in page three of the sum. Mm. By the way, that girl's, story, those then. girls' pants are too tight. They're, they're not way her, too tight. They're aren't not they? her pants. I think they're just. Prop. Her legs going to fall off. They're just prop pants. <laughs> uh, lost coach driver quits at the wheel. I love this. I love this because uh, we, we we've all got lost and frustrated in the car. And if you've got, you're right. I just remember once when I was trying to get back for a family party for my in-laws. Yeah. And I was getting back from Cambridge. It's before we were married, so I was still trying to impress them. I've given up on that now. Um, and uh, I'd missed my turn in. I ended up at Stansted Airport rather than Bedford. Oh, and as I turned round, I had to go into the airport to turn round. I was saying to myself, don't cry, don't <laughs> cry. There's the great story of a coach driver taking a, a party of pensioners to Leeds Castle, which, of course, is not in Leeds, it's in Kent. <laughs> he, went, <laughs> he went to Leeds. You know, how... Anyway, this fella, uh, a coach driver who got lost and blamed duff directions, left passengers stranded after quitting halfway through his journey to an airport. <laughs> He spent 25 minutes stuck on an industrial state in Dunstable as he searched for Luton Rail Station during the trip from Bradford to Heathrow. Oh, blimey. He turns off the M1 at about Junction 11. That's not bad directions. That's being a plum. The man <laughs> confessed he had no idea where he was going and told stunned customers his company, National Express, had banned sat-navs because they looked unprofessional. <laughs> not as unprofessional as driving around Luton when you're trying to get to Heathrow. Yeah. Passenger Trevor Wright, 45, below said, people tried to talk to him, but he refused to communicate. He called. Leave it! It's like, when, it's like if it's your husband or your wife. Ask, I that, know, ask that woman. No, I know what I'm doing. I'll ask find the, it. Ask the bloke with the dogs. That's he, fine. He, ref, he called his controller and said, why did you put a driver on a route he doesn't know? These directions are shocking. I've never done this flipping route. The driver used a phone to find Luton Station. Wow. But went ballistic when he found himself going the wrong way up a one-way street <laughs> after following a walking route. <laughs> when he reached the... <laughs> When, <laughs> when he reached the station, he told his boss, I've quit. Adding, I've had enough of this job. It's problem after problem. <laughs> and they said to him, OK, we'll come and pick you up. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> Around 20 passengers who called the trip a nightmare took taxis to Heathrow in a bid to catch flights while the driver took the rest to Luton Airport and refused to take them any further. Wow. <laughs> the funniest thing about this is they managed to get a picture of this driver uh, with the caption underneath, do you know the driver? Question mark. Call us now. Justin, I know we have an excellent coach and bus driving community uh, here in uh, Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Yeah. I'd love you to take this out to them and um, see, what you, see what they think of this. Well, I'm surprised about this um, sat-nav issue yeah. because um, I've not come across that before saying no. it's banned because it looks unprofessional. No. Well, look at this Muppet and look what he did. That's what happens when you don't have sat-nav. Justin, take it to the streets. Will uh, do. Can you get us a Nesta, a Yasmin, and can you get us a Scoinsy, uh, um, a Scoinsy as well. Christmas as well? Yeah, if I see him on the streets of Lucent, I will ask him to wish you and your listeners a very reggae Christmas. We're going to dance. We're going to dance. We're going to dance and have some fun.
pills that you spill on my back Leave me filled with satisfaction when we're done Satisfaction of what's to come Three counties ready. Kelly and Catherine are here. Justin's out there. You can give us a call about this coach driving story. He got lost. Your stories are getting lost. What if you refuse to take directions and help? And ever just walked out of something because you've had enough? A job, a relationship, a club, a bar, anything. 08459 455 555. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 towards London, it's looking very slow on the speed sensors between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. Also looking quite busy in Luton on Stockingston Road from New Bedford Road towards Hitchin. On the A1M southbound, it's very busy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And having a look at the cameras on the M25 anti-clockwise, that is beginning to get busy on between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. On the A1 southbound, that's getting busy as well between St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout through the roadworks. And on the trains, there are half an hour delays on Thameslink services between Bedford and Gatwick Airport. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 08459 A homeless man steals a T-shirt, gets a 60-quid fine. Well, is that fair? 
Love to get your thoughts on that, please. More calls after the news with Toby. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Toby Friedner, the headlines. Domestic violence concerns over Hertfordshire murder. Yorkshire police apologise for Savile investigation failings and Captain Cook's form under the microscope. BBC Three Counties Radio. A man from Hatfield is beginning a life sentence for the murder of his wife with a minimum of 13 and a half years. Dexter Landsberg had already been arrested for assaulting 31-year-old Medina. Medina's aunt, Kay Hunder, says Landsberg had stopped her from speaking to the rest of her family for some time and it was clear that something was wrong. He stopped her from socialising. She was no longer coming to family uh, functions. She didn't turn up to parties. She didn't turn up to weddings. She Even to funerals, she was no longer turning up. Um, she only spoke to you when he wasn't there on the phone. There were times that she wouldn't even answer your email unless he had approved. Police are trying to find a 13-year-old girl from Luton who's been missing for a week. Lillian Jacobson left her uncle's home in Shervington Grove last Friday morning but didn't arrive at school. It's believed that she could be with her mother. North Yorkshire Police have apologised for failing to properly investigate sex abuse claims against Jimmy Savile and one of his friends, the former Mayor of Scarborough, Peter Giaconelli. 35 people have come forward in the past year to make allegations against the two men. The force's internal inquiry says officers missed opportunities to investigate the conduct of the pair while they were still alive, but found no evidence of misconduct. A plasterer from Leighton Buzzard had pleaded guilty to tax fraud. Christopher Green illegally claimed £23,000, as Carol Abercrombie reports. The court heard the 26-year-old filed his and his father's returns online, exaggerating the amount of tax they'd already paid to inflate their tax repayments. Investigators say that if he hadn't been caught, he would probably have continued to falsify his accounts. Green pleaded guilty to evasion of income tax and fraud. He was given a 15-month suspended sentence and 250 years of community work. A Hertfordshire man who stole a T-shirt costing £2.50 from a local charity shop was left with a £60 bill after being taken to court for shoplifting while he was homeless. Carl Arnold of Hill Path in Letchworth Garden City, who admitted taking the T-shirt, received no formal punishment but was asked to pay a £45 cost and £15 victim surcharge. In sport, the former England Limited Overs coach Ashley Giles says England captain Alistair Cook's form is a concern ahead of the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand next year. Cook said he will have to wait and see if he keeps the captaincy after England were beaten 5-2 in the recent one-day international series in Sri Lanka. An England's 15-man World Cup squad has to be named by the 7th of January with their first match against Australia on the 14th of February. And the weather, it's going to be cloudy and mild with a top temperature of 14 degrees centigrade. That's 57 degrees Fahrenheit. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 250 years community service. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. Looking at the day's biggest topics, bringing local stories to life 
and tackling your consumer problems from 12. Nick Coffer. I'll be stepping back in time, just like Mr. Ben used to step through that door with the man behind his voice, Ray Brooks, from 3. Roberto Peroni. With the best local news and the best local travel, followed by the politics panel. From 7. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been going on across BBC Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer's got Robbie Box on his show? He's got Robbie Box on his show. He's got Robbie Box on his show. You don't know who Robbie Box is? No. Ray Brooks was Robbie Box. Do you not remember Robbie Box? Oh. Does anyone else remember Robbie Box or is it just me? He's Robbie Box. He's, he's played by Ray Brooks. He's Ray Brooks. He's the voice of Mr. Ben. Oh. More significantly, he played Robbie Box. No. It's no big deal to take a chance against the odds. No. Do what you feel. Do, 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 do. No. It means nothing. Robbie Box. No. Big He's, deal. Stop shouting it at me. It's not going to make me know it. <laughs> Robbie Box was a character in a programme called Big Deal. He was a gambling addict. This was like 1980. What? It wasn't a cartoon? No. He said he was Mr. Ben. He was. That was a different... He had different, two different jobs. One was Mr. Ben and one was Robbie Box. Does it... What, oh, wait, what costume was that at the oh, shop? 08459 455 555. Come on, guys. You remember Mr. Ben? No. Robbie Box. Ah! As if by magic, old TV programmes. <laughs> this is BBC. Robbie Box was good. Radio. It was a hard-hitting drama. I'm going to say 1982, uh, Robbie Box was he was like a gambling addict and he lost everything. Oh. And um, 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 Pat's, one of Pat's husbands from EastEnders was in it. Which one? Not Mike Reid. Uh, the one that didn't like her earrings? That was the fella. Oh. Guys, come on. It. it was brilliant. It's no, the theme tune was sung by Bobby G. Uh... From Bucks Fizz. Oh, from the Bucks Fizz. Isn't it funny, the facts that stick in your head, the things that, that are lodged in your head, and it just takes Nick Coffer to say something, and, and they're dislodged. It's the magic of Coffer. Well, that's the title of his new book, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 08459 455 555. Do you remember Robbie Box? I know we don't do old TV shows, but this... I, I just, we'll no, do that one. Is well, that right? This, this is the... <laughs> What are you like? You can't make these rules, and then, well, you can. These are the, that's the only one uh, there are we'll no do. Rules. We're also talking about dodgy coach drivers. Where have you got lost? Where, when have you refused directions? When have you walked out of something out of frustration? Uh, and we just remind us of this story of the the gentleman that um, stole a t-shirt. This is a chap uh, from Letchworth Garden City. He had been made homeless. He admitted taking a t-shirt that had been priced up at two pound fifty from a YMCA shop. Yep. Taken to court, the court decided that given the circumstances, they weren't going to give him a formal punishment, but they handed down a cost and a victim surcharge amounting to £60. I'm just trying to get my head around... I don't think that's right, even though he did wrong. He stole something, which he shouldn't have done, but I still don't think that that's quite From right. From a practical point of view, what's the point in finding someone, effectively, finding yeah. someone who hasn't got any money? That's the thing, isn't it? You, why find people who haven't got any money then surely there needs to be... Well, I was going to say rehabilitation, not even in this case. He needs, he needs help. He needs help, doesn't yeah. he? Shouldn't you be asking yourself why you have to steal a £2.50 T-shirt rather than, you know, punishing him? Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hatfield is beginning a life sentence for the murder of his wife with a minimum of 13 and a half years. Dexter Landsberg had already been arrested for assaulting 31-year-old Medina. 
Hart's police's handling of her case is already subject to an IPCC investigation. Well, I'm very pleased to say that Medina's aunt Kay Hunter joins me in the studio. Our morning, Kay. Morning. Thank you very much for coming in. Sentenced to life, um, Dexter, minimum of 13 and a half years. What, what's your reaction to that sentence? I don't think any amount of years would um, suffice because as much as he's going to have an opportunity someday to come out and continue his life, Medina's ne- never coming back again. Mm. Um, but uh, we have to just go with what the law uh, has said. I would have expected that, you know, he would have gotten a lot more than that, but mm. that's what it is. Tell me about Medina. What was she like? Medina was one of the most amazing young ladies that you've ever come across. She was young, but she was actually a lot older. She was much more mature than in her own age. She spent a lot of time trying to counsel people. She loved helping people. If anyone had a problem, Medina was always the one to try and help them. She counseled people. She she was the light of the party. If she walked into this room, everybody would be smiling because she always had, had a smile on her face. She was just a lovely, lovely young person. And she was a pastor as well in Hertfordshire, wasn't she? She wasn't a pastor. Medina just... She was really, she's a Christian, yes. And what she decided to do was she was going to be counseling people online. Mm. And uh, before long, she had over 200 people that were speaking to her and eventually gave it the the, the, uh, page a name, uh, which Dexter decided that he was now the pastor of. Oh. And yet her life, you know, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that she was help, so helpful to so many others. And, and we've heard this time and time again about this story, that she was, you know, a very helpful, loving woman. And yet her life, her relationship with Dexter was was troubled, wasn't it? She had a really, really troubled relationship. And in spite of how many times uh, family members spoke to her about trying to get out of this relationship, she was always of the opinion that everybody needed a second chance. Mm. So he got a second chance about a thousand times over. Well, yeah, there's there's a second chance and, and, and there's, you know, hundreds and thousands of second chances. He, he had been arrested for assaulting her. W- was the family aware no. of that? No. She always tried to make it look like it wasn't as bad as it was. And even if you heard from the neighbours who were really, really good whenever you passed by that there was something that happened, she would say, well, no, you know, he gets angry and he shouts a lot, but it wasn't anything serious. And she always kept it down. What we found out, even the fact that um, he was not allowed to be at the house, we only found out when we were packing a house up, when we were going Mm. through her documents. We didn't know that. Isn't that sad that she didn't feel, for whatever reason, um, that she could tell those nearest to her that, that, that she was struggling in that relationship? I think that's because she felt that everybody would say that there's absolutely no reason for you to mm. be in that relationship. And uh, as for me, that's exactly what I kept saying to her. You're setting up a domestic violence charity, is that right? Yes, and I'm, uh, Tell me a little bit about that. We called her Dina. We never called her Medina. We, uh, we've all, I don't remember ever calling her Medina, actually. <laughs> um, and the when she died and we were talking about trying to set up a charity uh, among her cousins and peers, uh, we came up with Dina's, D-I-N-A-S. Mm. Uh, I can see the T-shirt there, the t-shirt yes. There. That's, death is not a solution. 
if people are having problems within their homes, mm-hmm. death is definitely not the solution. So what we intend to do is we would like to uh, go around schools, colleges, universities, any social groups, churches, if, if we can, and begin to educate people on what domestic uh, violence is, what domestic abuse is, mm. because what we've discovered through Medina is that some women don't know that it's domestic uh, abuse. They don't know what to do if they found themselves in that situation. And some people don't even know that it's wrong. Mm. They believe that it's acceptable. Well, we've discussed this on this show before, that there are an alarming number of, of primarily girls, obviously, but, but it happens both ways, but, but teenagers in relationships who are being mentally abused and physically abused, but they don't know anything different, and they think that that's acceptable behavior which seems incredible to me the teenagers are the ones that i and that's the reason why i think this is really really important we have sex sexual education in schools we have people coming around speaking about bullying and all these kind of things Mm. but i don't think that we would be doing any favors to these children if we don't tell them the difference between somebody who's in love with you and somebody who's abusing you these teenagers will tell you that he smacked me because he saw me talking to another guy and she's proud Wow. That the guy actually yeah. smacked her, you know. The sad thing is that doesn't surprise me because of what, what you know people we've spoken to on this show, and yeah. I, it, and it's 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 heartbreaking to think that young people think that that's normal. Yeah, and they, and they believe that it's accept, acceptable. Mm. And I mean, unless somebody starts at a very young age and begins to tell them and show them the difference, we are just going to continue producing people that will go out and and and, and continue to abuse other people. Mm. And I think that it's really imperative at this point that. If even the government comes in and, you know, allows people to go into schools and even maybe, you know, bring it into the, 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 the national curriculum and allows people, you know, teachers to start teaching it. Uh, I, I was so shocked when I started researching domestic violence, when I found that one in every four women goes through mm. domestic violence. Mm. Every two minutes, somebody's phoning, desperate. And it, as in the case with, with Dina, uh, if I can call it that. Yes. Um, they keep it well hidden. Oh, definitely. They keep it well hidden. Yeah. And you could be talking to somebody every single day of your life and believing that person is okay when they're not. Mm. So if nobody's telling them, and I think also one of the, the, the serious problems with that is the idea that um, if they do know what it is, what do they do with it? Mm. Because it just becomes a vicious cycle. Mm. If she reports it and he finds out, then he's going to come and do it again. So what do they do? Where do they go? I believe that if there was a safe haven or some place that women can go, that they can get help and they will be protected during the time where they are getting the counselling that they need, then maybe they will be helped. Okay, well done for setting up the charity. If people want to find out more about it, is there a website or, or, or a number or where can they go? We, at the moment, we haven't got a okay, website. Early days. as it's, it's early days because we're still waiting for the registration yep. from uh, the charity commission. But... We have, um, uh, we've, we, I can give people my, my uh, mobile number. I tell you what, best not to, for okay. the moment, just because some of the people who listen to this show are a little bit odd. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I don't want you getting focused. I tell you what Thank you can you. do, okay? When, when it's all registered and when you've got a website and it's all set up, why don't you get back in touch with us? Well, and we can give it a little plug on, on the show. That would be lovely. Yeah, that okay. Lovely. I, I, I hope you understand why I'm saying oh, keep I your do. phone I, number. I, I'm just, to... I actually just remember that yesterday, um, yeah, yeah, my I'm, brother. I'm 
I'm just trying yeah. to make sure that you're you're uh, you're okay. No, that's right. Listen, uh, well done. Have have the best Christmas that you can I under will. the circumstances, yeah. and I wish you the very best of luck with the charity. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you thank very much. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hatfield on the A414 westbound, we've been told that there's been an accident that's partially blocking the road between the A1M Junction 3 and the London Coney roundabout. Having a look on the speed sensors in Dunstable, and it's looking quite slow on the high street at the moment. And on the motorways, the M1 southbound is very busy between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and the M1 Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's queuing now between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. And on the trains, Thameslink have half an hour delays between Bedford and Gatwick Airport. That's because of overrunning engineering works at Red Hill. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 7.16. It is uh, Thursday, the 18th of December. We're a week away, kids. A week away. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man from Hatfield is beginning a life sentence for the murder of his wife with a minimum of 13 and a half years. Police are trying to find a 13-year-old girl from Luton who's been missing for a week. Lillian Jacobson left her uncle's home in Shervington Grove last Friday but didn't arrive at school. And in sport, former England Limited Overs coach, I don't know what that means, Ashley Giles, says England captain Alistair Cook's form is a concern ahead of the World Cup in Australia next year. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's going to be more exciting than ever. Oh, the finale of Strictly. One evening that everything comes together and it's just really magical. Each celebrity comes out is like a little present, all beautifully wrapped. Absolutely electrifying. The frocks, the sequins, the makeup, the costumes, the wigs, the excitement. Strictly Come Splendid. Weekends are made for dancing. Strictly Come Dancing, the final. Starts Saturday night at 6.30 on BBC One. Your... BBC One HD. Oh, whatever! I'm so over Strictly. Why? It's rubbish. How's your pasta doble? It's, it's still a bit sore. You're so demanding, Catherine, but it's it's good to uh, have you on board. Have we got any texts this morning? Let's have a look. Let's have a little we look at some. the old... Yeah, we did have some. 81333, start your text 3CR. Liam in Bletchley. Seems odd that a charity... This is talking about the homeless man who's been effectively fined. I mean, they, they're not calling it a fine. They're calling it costs and no. a victim surcharge because okay. they're saying they're not going to formally fine him because of his situation. But he nicked a £2.50 T-shirt from a YMCA. He's homeless. Yeah. Um, uh, £60 it's going to cost him. Seems odd that a charity would take action against a homeless man stealing a T-shirt, but it seems just as odd to steal a T-shirt during the winter. I think if I was homeless, a T-shirt would be low on my list of priorities, says Liam of Bletchley. Layers. It's all about layers. It's not thickness, it's layers. Uh, And uh, someone asking about where Dave Luton is. Who cares? Luton, probably. Yeah, probably more than likely. Great story in the sun. Lost coach driver quits at the wheel. A coach driver who got lost and blamed Duff Directions left passengers stranded after quitting halfway through his journey. He abandoned them at Luton, but he was going from Bradford to Heathrow. Well, that's... But that's that's M1, M25, M4. Well, look, if you get on the M25, it, it points you towards Heathrow. He didn't make the M25. He turned off you... at about Junction 11 on the M1. Do you know what he's thinking? M1 goes to London. (laughs) (laughs) But surely if you don't know the journey and you know you're not allowed to have a sat-nav, then you print off um, Yahoo directions. Don't ask me. Ask Antonio. He used to be a coach driver. (laughs) Hey, Antonio. Morning. Morning, morning. What do you reckon Uh, to this fella? Well, uh, 
if you put a sat number on the fellow, the fellow has come lost. I apologize for that. Uh, say that one more. Say yeah. that one more time. Yes, either with the sat nav that fellow is come lost. Yes. Yeah, because the sat nav is for a car, not for uh, the proper one for a coach. But this uh, fella didn't know where he was going. Exactly for that. Supposed to be, it's better to make a choice to stay at home or have a National Express to give the proper training to the drivers. What? I've been there for five years. Yeah. Uh, at least four days on the road, on the proper roads. Yeah. And it's not, it's never changed the roads. Uh, if he's not training for that, I apologise, but there is the truth. Uh-huh. Now, Ant- yes. Antonio, yes, yes. I- I've noticed you've got a, s- a very, very faint accent. Yes, of course. Yes, for that, only I'm working there five years. If I have the proper accent, maybe ten years. OK. <laughs> so, but there, there might be... There, there will be some people listening to this show, Antonio, not me, but there will be some people listening, saying, well, hang on a second, this fella can't speak English properly. He shouldn't have been allowed to drive a National Express coach. Well, uh, for uh, DVLA, National Express, what? is no thing on that. So I am, uh, I am perfectly fine for driving any, any car. I'm any sure you coach. are. And at the moment, I am, uh, I'm driving. Of course, at the moment, I don't, I don't enjoy customers. It's very nice. I drive the lorry at the moment. Okay. Forever, I drove from Stansted to Central London five years. Yeah. And the complaints that I have on the customers is, why you take only two hours for make from London to Stansted? Oh, the, the complaints were you were too fast. I believe, yes. Blimey. Blimey. <laughs> Antonio, listen, it's good to talk to you. Thanks very much for your phone call. We've not spoken before, have we? Uh, no, yet. Maybe soon. Or ever, or ever, I need to say to you, you are the best flip and egg on the radio. Congratulations for your show. Uh, bl- bless <laughs> you, brother. Thank you, Antonio. I, th- I think he said I'm the best flipping egg on the radio. <laughs> Thank you, Antonio. What a nice fella. We'll make sure that was a great first call. Let's, we'll, I look forward to our second you conversation. You are a flipping egg, actually. I am. A fl- I am you really a f- are. D- OK, guys. Oh, I'm just a small egg in the pan, isn't I? So I don't know everything. Yeah, well, I'm a flipping egg. Flipping so, egg. So there. Oh, wait, thank you, Antonio. What a delightful call. What a delightful call. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. <laughs> I do love this story about the coach driver. Your um, uh, stories about um, coach track. I mean, have you ever been on coach journeys? I used to. I used to get the coach from London to Edinburgh. Flipping that, that's a journey you don't want to do. Oh, God, it's so miserable. It's so miserable. I've had coaches from London to Edinburgh, London to um, to Glastonbury, London to Hull. I went to London once on a sort of fun bus thing. It was a pound. <laughs> fun bus? Yeah, from... Where was it from? Up north? Oxford. Oh. No, my friend was in Oxford. He was yeah. a student. He yeah. thought that coach travel would be the way forward. So we went on the bus. I remember the journey there. It's... It was all right. It's cheap, but boy, oh boy, don't you know why after you spent three hours in there? I've never been to Scotland. Sorry? I've never been to Scotland on a bus or anything else. Why have you brought that into the conversation? I long to see the heathery hillside. <laughs> <laughs> well, go. It's not that far. It takes ages. Get the plane. Uh, 40 minutes in the plane. All right. OK, well, I'm glad that's sorted. What? Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh. 
story. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. A homeless man from Letchworth has been hit with a £60 bill for stealing a T-shirt worth £2.50. Carl Arnold from Hillpath admitted taking the shirt from a YMCA charity shop. The judge decided not to formally punish him, given the circumstances, but ordered him to pay £45 in costs and a £15 victim surcharge. Well, earlier we spoke to Frankie Packard from Stevenage Haven Homeless Charity. Someone stealing a a T-shirt sandwich... um, they obviously haven't got any money, so why add to their yeah. problems by making them pay fines or, or court costs? Which uh, who who is gaining out of that? Who who does it who does it um, appease? Well, we can talk now to uh, Amy Randall from Perpetuity Research, a company that works alongside the police and its partners to come up with crime-fighting strategies. Morning, Amy. Oh, good morning. Is there a danger here that this kind of prosecution could do more harm than good? F- finding someone who had to steal a £2.50 T-shirt could put him into a, a vicious circle, couldn't it? Yeah. Well, it's obviously a very distressing case, and it's quite hard for me to, to comment on this case specifically. But um, for me, the issue is really a lack of support available to people who are struggling and um, whether uh, in this case should be social services or charitable organisations should have been involved it's definitely a failing of our society that people get in this situation and early intervention is key and it, and it, before they commit the crime is, really. I mean is there uh, you may not know the answer is there kind of a, a system whereby if someone who is in obvious financial difficulty gets caught I'm going to say involved in a minor crime like this, that, you know, they can say, look, instead of, look, we're not going to take you to court because that's going to cost us a load of money. We've got some options. We can offer you some help. Is is that at all possible? Well, I think um, we can't say that it's okay to steal. And in society, we do need that inevitability that if you do commit crime, you do need to go to court. And and that's just what would happen. But um, when people are caught, I think the right support does need to be offered and in order to stop the cycle of reoffending. At the moment, when people are caught, they're, they're sent to prison, they can quite often go on to reoffend and it can, it can make things worse, really. Well, so and we do need to break that cycle, yeah. I think. And I suppose if they're, if they're not going to prison but they are fined more than they have, mm. then some people, I, I imagine, would turn to crime to pay that fine. I mean, yeah, that's, that's very true. I mean, um, it's these kind of issues, and um, it can kind of exacerbate the problem, and what we really need is kind of support with these kind of homelessness, drug addiction, mental health issues and things that, that really make people the most vulnerable, but also they make them most likely to commit crime. So uh, that, that's where the focus should be, really. Amy, I appreciate your time this morning. Amy Randall from Perpetuity Research. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Your thoughts on this, please? on this please Maria you've called in about this what would you like to say hello 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 is that Maria yes I just turned my radio off thank thank you Maria what would you like to say about this this gentleman who stole the t-shirt well they have to put up with a lot and you can't blame him and I think this government should make a place for the homeless I think it's disgusting they're paying stuff abroad and they can't look after our own. And that's my opinion. What makes you feel so strongly about this, Maria? Because I help with them and I know what they go through. They get very little money each week and they have to make it spin out. Some of them go hungry and I will know what it's like. And I know the good lady that cooks for them and I help and get um, canisters and things like that for to put the meals in for takeaways for some of them who have to sleep rough. This is not good enough the way they've been treated in. It does seem odd that if a fellow... And we, listen, we've not spoken to either got side... no money yeah. and it's not on. 
they have to put up with all this weather. How would they like to live out? The ones that have made him, uh, uh, you know, to, to pay. I suppose the thing is, let me just take the other side of the story, Maria. He, he, he did steal something. And, and as you just heard from uh, Amy Randall, that we need to have a system in place where people who steal are punished, don't we? Well, we do, but they go through a hell of a lot and their minds go... Sometimes they're mental, some of these people, through it all. Let's face it, the government's not doing anything for our people. What more I'm should... sorry, but I'm, I'm, I feel very oh, strongly I can tell. about it. I can tell, and I appreciate your, your, um, your uh, emotion about this. What, what needs to be done then, Maria? We need a place for the homeless in every town, and there is not that. This government should sort our people out and not abroad. Maria, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 That's what I like at 7.27 in the morning. Bit of passion. Bit of passion. You get so many people coming on, on uh, radio, on this show, on, on, on other radio shows. No passion. We had, uh, we had passion earlier on with Kay, and then we got Maria, who who's strongly believes in, in that, and she's, um, she's giving it her all at 7.27. Have you had enough passion now? Because it's going to get exhausting. Uh, it is. Can we just knock the passion on the head, please? I'm going to roll over and have a little kip. Is that OK? Yes. Thank you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 southbound, it's looking very slow between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks. In Clop Hill on the A6 Bedford Road, that's looking very busy as well, southbound between back streets and the A507. In Hatfield on the A414 westbound, there are reports that it's blocked because of a uh, partially blocked because the car's broken down between the A1M Junction 3 and the London Coney roundabout. And Hemel Hempstead on the A41 southbound, it's very busy between the Hemel Hempstead turnoff and the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Having a look at the M25 anti-clockwise it's queuing between junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40 and on the trains Thames Link still have half hour delays between Bedford and Gatwick Airport that's because of overrunning engineering works at Red Hill Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you very much Across beds, hearts and bugs This is BBC Three Counties Radio It's 7.30. With the headlines, I'm Toby Friedner. A man from Hatfield is beginning a life sentence for the murder of his wife with a minimum of 13 and a half years. Dexter Landsberg had already been arrested for assaulting 31-year-old Dina. Police are trying to find a 13-year-old girl from Luton who's been missing for a week. Lillian Jacobson left her uncle's home in Shervington Grove last Friday morning but didn't arrive at school. It's thought that she could be with her mother. Sony Pictures say they've cancelled the release of a comedy film about a plot to kill the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. A growing number of cinemas were refusing to screen it after threats from computer hackers. And a Hertfordshire man who stole a T-shirt costing £2.50 from a local charity shop was left with a £60 bill after being taken to court for shoplifting while he was homeless. And the weather, cloudy and mild with a top temperature of 18 degrees centigrade, that's 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Liverpool will face Chelsea in the semi-finals of the League Cup after they beat Bournemouth 3-1 at the Gold Sands Stadium last night. Two goals from Raheem Sterling either side of a Lazar Markovic strike secured the win for the visitors.
The Tottenham manager, Mauricio Pochettino, believes his side can still improve despite beating Newcastle 4-0 in the Cup quarterfinals last night. Goals from Nabil Bentaleb, Nasser Chadli, Harry Kane and Roberto Soldado gave the hosts the win. And Pochettino says his players will only get better as the season goes on. I think that uh, we are in the right way. We need time always, but this is a, a very good game. A good game for us, for our player, for our supporter. I think that we need to believe uh, more in our way and have to trust that we are right in our way. And in League One, Scunthorpe United survived a scare before eventually beating Worcester City 14-13 on penalties in their FA Cup second round replay last night. Toulon's versatile back Delon Armitage has been banned for 12 weeks for using foul and abusive language towards Leicester fans after their European Rugby Champions Cup match at Welford Road earlier this month. Armitage, who will be available to play from the 9th of March next year, was found guilty of conducting himself in an unsportsmanlike manner. And in cricket, the former England Limited Overs coach Ashley Giles says England captain Alistair Cook's form is a concern ahead of the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand next year. Cook said he will have to wait and see if he keeps his captaincy after England were beaten 5-2 in the recent one-day international series in Sri Lanka. And Giles says Cook's place could be under threat. It's a big worry because Alistair Cook simply isn't playing that well. He's not been playing that well for a year. And going into a World Cup, yes, your leader's important, but also having 15 players in that squad who can perform and win games for England. That's the news and sport for now. There's more at 8. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Going out for the BBC Three Counties, four people who work on the immediate show Christmas lunch today. Yes. Basically what I'm saying is me, Kath, Curls, Deals, we're going out for a little lunch, I'm paying, and uh, we're not having any dessert or drinks. Oh, can I have a... Can I Wait, have a starter? Where are we going? Are we going to the chicken place? We're going or to the... Nando's, feeling hot, hot, hot with the peri peri chicken. A feeling hot, hot, hot. That'd be my with third delicious ever peri peri chicken. Um, or we can go somewhere else if you want, but that's kind of what I budgeted no, 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 for. Because I was just wondering when you said no drinks, that's normally where we go somewhere else. Dixie's? Yeah. No, uh, listen, I don't like drinks at meals with you guys it just drags on too long and also I'm paying so uh, it's alright and it just well I was going to say if we're going to Nando's um, obviously you're going to be buying me chicken what about halloumi cheese no sides what listen if you want sides (laughs) if you want this is our Christmas lunch okay yeah for the four of us if you want sides if you want drinks you're welcome to them would you please order those separately sir unbelievable thank you Uncle Ebenezer no All right. Well, you're not. You can only have a quarter of a chicken. <laughs> That's all I want. Actually. Incredible, isn't it? You, no, it's not. Yeah, it is incredible that you've got a boss. A who, boss? Oh, uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> what can I have, Ian? You can have. Um, a, you can have a main, a nice main. Okay, thank you. You're tiny. This is why I want you to come because you're tiny. You won't eat much. See, I Hello? leave a lot, and then you eat the rest. That's the only reason. Exactly. You like I'm to not. Eat. I'm not actually having anything to eat. I'll have the scraps. <laughs> I'll have what's left over. Can't afford four meals on BBC local radio wages. The thing is, you're not actually lying. No, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. 
Anyway, there was a great argument in the office yesterday between uh, Justin Dealey and political reporter Paul Scoynes, mm-hmm. uh, which, um, well, it ended with Paul Scoynes calling you a, um, a, sh- uh, sh- uh, a cheap fonz, shall yeah, we say. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I wasn't happy at all. <laughs> and what was your retort to him? Just, well, I just said to him, mate, you're a liar. I, I just said, you, you came on the programme yesterday <laughs> talking about your happiest Christmas memory, and you lied. Yeah. You can't do that at the BBC these well, days. I've got to be honest, Toby Friedner's um, in the advent calendar today. He's yeah. too better than uh, Mr. Priva. <laughs> One better than Scoynes. He's lying in his as well. Just, you know, psychologists. What's that about? If you're a budding psychologist, no. follow Paul Scoynes on Twitter. Oh hashtag Field Day. <laughs> <laughs> Stay there, Just. We've got Peter in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What would you like to have a whinge about this morning? Uh, about the poor homeless man. Oh, go on then. Well, he, he was homeless, cold, and hungry. I would rather have Were got a lot Were you so there? Were you there? Huh? I would rather have got locked up, and so would he. It oh. needs to be warm over over Christmas. You're the second person to suggest that... Uh, we had an email, I think it was from Jill, uh, suggesting that maybe he was doing this so he could go to prison. I think so. But, but, I would certainly do that but myself. wouldn't he steal, like a, I, I was going to say, like a diamond? He'd steal something more than a £2.50 T-shirt from a charity shop. Just perhaps he uh, thought that was the least of the evils. Yeah, well... Shame we can't speak to either side on this to kind of get their thing. Peter, I, 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 th- th- there can't be anybody listening to this yeah. who, if they weren't starving and they couldn't feed their kids, wouldn't go and steal something. I'm not condoning it. I'm not encouraging it. Abso- but absolutely. absolutely, You're absolutely right, Ian. And, th- uh, there can't be anybody that wouldn't. No, I don't think so either. I would do the precisely the same thing. In fact, I, I would have liked to have got locked up Sorry? Because rather than get that fine, which is not going to be paid anyway, yeah. he would have been warm and secure over Christmas. What happens if he doesn't pay the fine? I've no idea. They they won't be able to collect it anyway because he's homeless. Where are they going to find him? It's a, it's a real conundrum. Peter, while we've got you on, um, Justin, you've been taking a, a different story to the streets. Do you want to ask Peter about it? Yeah, we'll do. Um, Peter, what do you think about parents who smoke in cars in front of their children? What do you think about that? Well, smoking in cars, I think that's a clo- in, in, enclosed area, and I, I think that's wrong. They, they smoke at home, that's, I think that's reasonable, because they're addicted. In and, front of their kids, the, though, Pete. And the people who pay, uh, we pay the taxes to for cigarettes, they're the pimps. So they should ban them if they're going to do anything at all. They, they shouldn't get on a high horse. They're taking tax on the cigarettes, so they should ban them totally. What? Well, it's never going to happen. I was all over the shop, so it's all right to smoke in, in the car and in the home in front of kids, but then they should ban cigarettes. No, 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 I said not in the car. It's right. an enclosed space. Like a house, but that's all right. Well, that a house is all right, yeah. Well, a house is an enclosed space, mate, otherwise I, you've got I, a leaky house. I, I lived in a house where there was about four smokers. Yeah. And, uh... I used to smoke in my house. Right? Yeah, we, we we didn't hello? know any better, really. Flipping it, it was dis- it was disgusting. Uh, when I stopped and we had the house painted, oh god, it it was disgusting. And and you'll be ceilings. surprised at some of the things I used to do as a kid because sorry, uh, when we was kids in East London, here we go. Some sorry, kids Justin, used to go round the gutters. I don't have to switch him off. Round the gutters and pick up doggins. Yeah, yeah. And roll cigarettes. Beautiful. How, how nice is that? Peter, thank you very much. <laughs> how nice is that? It was Not a, very nice. There was a gap there I managed to squeeze in. Justin, uh, yeah, this is the story that from October next year, it will be illegal to smoke in the car with the kids. Fantastic. Great Common idea. sense. It's one of the worst things when you see, you drive past a car and they've got, you know, babies or kiddies strapped in the back 
and mum and dad are puffing away in the front. Yeah, horrible. It is horrible. It's mm. disgusting. And I mean, my dad used to smoke in the car in the 70s, but that was back in the day when we didn't have to wear seatbelts <laughs> in the front or the back, so we'd be climbing all over the shop and sticking our head out the window like a big stupid dog. Yeah. How times have changed. You've taken it to the streets, Just. What have people been saying? Um, these £50 fines. Uh, most parents this morning, in um, they said to me, what's I got to do with you? Uh, so the conversation was uh, very short, to say the very least. However, I did manage to speak to one parent, and she was quite happy to go on the record and have a conversation about smoking in front of her children in the car. I want our listeners to, to listen to this very, very carefully, because I'm not easily shocked, as you know, but, but this was something else. Here's what happened. Madam, what do you think? £50 fines if you're caught smoking in your vehicle in front of your children. What do you think about that? I think it's absolutely disgusting. I think if they're going to buy your cars, then obviously they own your cars, so then obviously they can bring that in. But obviously, if you're paying for it, then it's up to you. Um, it's, it's your life. But then again, the children in that car, it's their life as well, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, so it's up to you. It's your choice, isn't it? So you so, smoke in front of your children in the car, do you? Yes, I do. Can you tell our listeners why you do that? Because it's my life. It's what I want to do. It's what I do. The same as my kids will do what they want to do when they're older. My, my parents smoked in front of me. My grandparents smoked in front of me. Um, so it's just part of life. Seriously, despite all the health warnings, th- th- there's no guilt whatsoever. You would just carry on smoking in front of your children yeah. in the car? Yes. Yes. It's my car. It's my car. How can I put this? I'm trying to be sensitive with this issue, but I, I really appreciate your honesty. Yeah. That's what we're all about. Um, what would you say to anybody listening to this right now who's screaming at the radio saying you're a bad parent for doing that because your children haven't got that choice? What would you say to those listeners? It's, it's their rights from their opinion. They're, they've got a right to have an opinion, and if that's their opinion, then so be it. You don't really care, do you? No. No, because I just think that... Um, this country is going downhill um, and we're all going to be wearing the same clothes and driving the same cars in about 10 years probably. You're not worried about passive smoking at all? No. No, I know loads of people that have gone nowhere near smoking and they've either died um, or if not they're going through it at the moment and they've never touched a cigarette in their life. Ever. Just lastly, do you know lots of parents who, who smoke in front of their children in the car? Yes. Um, I think our listeners will have something to say about this conversation, but um, as I say, I appreciate the honesty. Thanks very much. Right, not a problem. Catherine and Kells, can we get a little clip from that, please, to play out a little bit? Because I suspect we'll play a bit of that a bit later on. Gosh, Justin, thank you for that. Mm, unbelievable. Absolutely uh, I, I, unbelievable. And I don't get the argument. There were so many interesting points in there. The first thing was the contradiction of, well, it's my life, I'll do what I want. Yep. Uh, yeah, but what about your kid's life? Yeah, I know, but it's my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, the, well, I know loads of people who haven't smoked who've got cancer and died. Right. That's nothing to do with the passive smoking argument, because there is more... Ch- if, you can get, if you can get lung cancer without smoking, mm. why increase the chances of it? I mean, we want people to be honest, but I'm, I'm really, was that, really was that too honest for you? I think, I think it was. I'm just hoping that, that that's a one-off. But, you know, based on what I saw this morning, that there was a kind of, it's my life, get out of my face, I can do what I want, what's it got to do with you? Well, you know, children in that car, they haven't got a choice because their parents, they're driving, they're the boss of that vehicle. Yeah. It's their parent, they can do what they want. You've got to remember, though, you're talking to someone who's addicted. 
But I'm addicted, and I'm saying right now that, that when I have children, there is absolutely no well, way that I would ever smoke in a car in front of my children. And that's very admirable, but you just don't know when you get used to having the kids around. All these things you won't do with no, when you've got the it. kids. Wouldn't do that. No chance. Right. Just absolutely we'll, no chance. We'll, we'll speak to you later on. Thank you for that. Cheers, boss. Cracking stuff. When you've had kids for a few years, all the things you said you would never do, some of them you end up doing because you feel relaxed and comfortable. I, and had, I had a really anti-Disney stance with my children. Yeah. Because I thought it was, you know... It, it's the man, it's the machine, and yep. I thought, you know, it's, it's actually taken away from the traditional stories, why are kids so obsessed with merchandising and stuff? It's the Disney effect from an early age, my kids will never wear any of that stuff. My goodness, my kids know all the words to all the films and for got the, all the outfits. For the boys, we've bought, um, oh, what is it, one of those um, Walt Disney heads in a jar. Oh. Do you think they'll like that? Uh, John's in Dutchworth. Morning, John. Good morning, young mate. Oh, yeah, already, five points to John, give him a tick. What would you like to say, sir? Uh, as a professional driver, yep. it's been uh, law for quite a while that um, anything signed written or that you're not the sole driver of, it's illegal to smoke in. Yep. Uh, now, I see lots of lorry drivers still smoking in their vehicles. Yep. Um, and that's not policed. Um, so, as I say, as a driver, if my boss tells me to drive something that I know someone smoked in, I can refuse to do that. Would you refuse to do it, or do you think we just need to kind of get over it a bit? I would, because I don't smoke, and some of the lorries that I've been in in the past absolutely stink. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen cabbies having a fag in their car, and I've you know I've seen the, the, the vehicles, professional commercial vehicles, the drivers um, having a puff in there. It, it, it does go on, but the fact that it's not police doesn't mean that we shouldn't make these things illegal, does it? Oh no! But how are they going to place yeah. the um, the cars? Obviously, there's more cars on the road. So perhaps they might see a few more of them. But does that mean that, um, that if the car is smoked in at all, that the children should not be in the car at all? John, it's an interesting one. Thank you. It's like the mobile phone thing. You, you see people using the mobile. If you're in a car now, look to your left, to your right. Maybe even look at yourself. Someone will be using a mobile phone. That that's definitely happening. But. Um, just because these things are difficult to police doesn't mean that they, they should not be made um, illegal. It's like murder is illegal, but you can't police... You can't stop people committing murder. But I guess if an accident happens as a result of, or yeah. if it can be proven that a child has been infected with... You infected? Know, you know, in, by, by the smoke. Infected by the smoke, OK. Yeah, yeah. OK. OK, Doctor. You can sue your parents? Oh, when is that going to start? Of course that's what's going to happen. What, about ten years' time, we might see the first... Maybe even sooner than that. Let's say five years' time, we might see the first court case of kids suing their parents. Or because they become addicts themselves. Yeah. To smoking. They'll they'll blame it on that. Kelly, sorry, could you do me a favour? Could you stop pushing them out, please? It's distracting me. Thanks. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hatfield, the A414 westbound reports that it's partially blocked because of a breakdown between the A1M Junction 3 for St Albans and the London Coney Roundabout. On the A1 southbound, it's looking very slow at the moment between the St Neots Junction and the Black Hat Roundabout through the roadworks. And in Hemel Hempstead, the A41 southbound is very slow between the Hemel Hempstead turnoff and the M25. In Watford, on the A44, 
A411 Exchange Road. That's looking very busy around Upton Road. And on the motorways on the A1M southbound, that's busy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M25 anti-clockwise is very slow at the moment between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. On the trains, Thameslink have half-hour delays between Bedford and Gatwick Airport. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Coming up, we'll be celebrating Migrants' Day. 08459 555555. What are you doing to celebrate Migrants' Day? Right now, it's 7.46. It's Thursday, the 18th of December. A week to go, kids. One week to go. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man from Hatfield is beginning a life sentence for the murder of his wife with a minimum of 13 and a half years. Dexter Landsberg had already been arrested for assaulting 31-year-old Dina. Sony Pictures say they've cancelled the release of a comedy film about a plot to kill the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. A growing number of cinemas were refusing to screen it after threats from computer hackers. And in sport, Liverpool will face Chelsea in the semi-finals of the League Cup after beating Bournemouth 3-1. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, we've got a cloudy day today but pretty mild, those temperatures getting well above the average for the season with highs of 13 degrees Celsius. Now, it should be dry for many of us but there are one or two spots of drizzle around and it's a pretty, pretty breezy picture as well with uh, south, uh, sorry, west to southwesterly winds. Tonight the rain comes in for the west, it's uh, fairly patchy this evening but becoming a little heavier in the early hours of the morning. With temperatures dipping down to between 6 and 10 degrees Celsius, it will certainly be cooler than last night but not a cold night for the time of year and tomorrow uh, well by the morning the rain should have passed really so we're then left with a very pleasant crisp winter's day so lots of sunshine around lighter winds slightly cooler with highs of nine or ten degrees but still not too bad and then from saturday through till monday we go back to that cloudier milder picture maybe a couple of spots of drizzle but some will have a dry weekend and we've got uh, and the, that's it really that's your latest forecast oh, you can't pull anything <laughs> else out of the hat Georgina that's that's definitely I'm it I'm going to give you sunrise and sunset oh forget yeah, that you're not no. No. thank you every weekday from three is the best thing just to run away to a hotel somewhere a little bit of fun I've got a feeling that this argument unfolds in every house the latest news new regulations allowing parents to share the care of their child in the first year after birth come into force today personal genome service claims to offer access to more than a hundred pieces of genetic information about your health a little bit of everything because if you haven't got baby Jesus in nativity then it's not a nativity is it let me bring you up to speed with some local news Good afternoon. Welcome to the programme. What's your comment? We'll talk films and science fiction. Fascination with science fiction films. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jamie's in Dunstable. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning. What have you got for us, boss? Yeah, I, um, my best friend, Dave, um, he was at 15, went to the doctors because yeah. he had issues with his lungs. And he got there and, his, and they, so they checked his lungs out and they were black and they thought he smoked. The, fi- was, the 15-year-old? Yeah, his lungs were absolutely black. Yeah. And um, his, his mum and dad smoked. Oh, blimey. And it dawned on me as I was making this phone call that his mum listens to the radio, so you might get her phoning in five minutes' time. <laughs> oh, God. I don't, is she, she going to be angry? Uh, I don't know. It just dawned on me as I was... As I was Here's the thing, Jamie. There are still people out there who deny um, that passive smoking is actually a problem. They'll, they'll quote statistics and things they found on the internet that, that doesn't prove 
that say they say doesn't prove passive smoking is a problem. Well, of course it is. There's so much rubbish in that smoke that comes out of a cigarette. If you're breathing that in, you know yourself. If you've been in an environment where people have been smoking, you, your chest feels heavy. Yeah, I, I, but we all do that. Just we all not just smoking. We do things to justify what we do. So a smoker, they, they want to justify the fact it's not. They know it hurts them, but they don't really want to admit it. So if it's not hurting them, it can't be hurting anybody else. I think it's more psychology thing there. Do you think that? Do you think it's right to ban it in cars, Jamie? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I thought the argument is my I can do what I like was a bit daft, really. I've got a car, but doesn't mean I can do 150 down the motorway with it. So, Jamie, but, thank you very much indeed. I certainly can't do 150 down the motorway in my car. I've got some. No, it's knackered. And you wouldn't anyway, because that would be. Oh no, I'd have a crack at it. No, I'd have a crack at it. I'm joking, guys. Please, local newspaper rags, don't turn this into an issue. Let's have a look at the Texas. Yeah, go on. Uh, Roy Castle never smoked, but had lung cancer that he got by working in clubs where people well, smoked. Now we found out that Roy Castle did smoke. Oh, did he? He liked a cigar. Because we've had this, we've had this before, and um, someone phoned up and said, "Well, you know, you mentioned Roy Castle. He used to love a big cigar." Oh. And we, I did a little bit of investigation, and I, and he did. He would he would have a puff on a cigar. Mm-hmm. That's never mentioned, is it? No. So we can strike that one off the list. Anyway, Helen in Milton Keynes says... Morning, Helen. ...worked in clubs where people smoked. Since the 1970s, German insurance companies increased car insurance premiums due to the inherent risks of not being in full control of the car at times when you're smoking. Mm. Now, I can tend to tell if someone in front of me is smoking because they start driving as if they've got all the time in the world. Ever man alive. Uh, I'm so glad I don't smoke. I stopped smoking. Uh, it'll be 10 years in February. And uh, I, one of the best things I ever did... Um, if you've ever dropped a cigarette in the footwell of the car while or, you're driving... Or your cherry blows off. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend that burnt all the back seat of her car. You have to pull over. You know, it had a massive hole in the back and her mum and dad didn't know she smoked. She no. ended up having a blanket on there permanently. Oh, blimey. All because her cherry blew off. Cher- cherry blew off while she was driving. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Um, and, Let's have one more. Go on. Uh, yeah, here's one. Let's see. Um, morning, guys. Question for you. This is a moral maze question. Oh, blimey. Like we, Michael Burke, isn't it? You've come to the right place. Yes, we're very intelligent here. If you have a member of staff who gets really drunk at a staff Christmas party and then doesn't turn up for work the next day, is that their fault or works for letting them drink too much? What do they, what do they know about Barry Caffrey? <laughs> I don't know. What are they saying? Or is he, is he confessing, Adam, in Aylesbury? Well, it's, it's the person who got drunk's fault. Yeah. Of course, Adam. So you, you, so don't, you can't use that work. one. Hey, listen, Kelly. Yes. Happy hello. International Migrants Day. Happy International Migrants Day to you two. We are both the results of migrants. Who? Aren't we, Kelly. Yes. You really? Well, well then well, I'm celebrating my, you. My ancestors hadn't come over from Mayo all those years ago. Yeah. I wouldn't be here now. From Simon Mayo? No, no. You're related yeah. to Simon Mayo? That's yeah. brilliant. Ca- County Mayo. He's great, Simon Mayo. I love him. You should bring him in one day. We'll have a chat. No, County Mayo. Oh, well, the contribution of migrants to the three counties is being celebrated today because it's International Migrants Day. Uh, how are you celebrating it, dear listener? 08459 555555. Call me now. We're celebrating it by going to indulge in peri-peri chicken. Uh, One event in Hertfordshire... Thanks, Portugal. ...has attracted a £1,000 contribution from County Councillor David Andrews as part of money he's entitled to spend on community projects. We can speak now to Mikhail Shevniak, who is a community development officer at CVS Broxbourne and East Hearts. Morning, Mikhail. Good morning, good morning. Hello, hi. I'm guessing from your accent and your name that you may possibly be a migrant yourself. Where are you from and what made you come here? You know what, uh, I'm from Poland originally, um, I've been living here nine and a half years, um, and in my case it's probably slightly different than in, in, in many other cases, if you like. Uh, I used to study in Croatia where I had a chance to meet my wife, then we moved to Italy, 
for a year to learn the language and work a little bit. And then after that, we decided to come to Britain purely because we wanted to live in a neutral country. I'm Polish, she's Croatian. And we said, you know, it's better to live, uh, you know, in a, in a country where, you know, no one uh, is going to be upset or offended. What you know? was so interesting... Why... Well, hang on a minute. We'll get to the not be upset or offended in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what was interesting... <laughs> did you pick up, Catherine, when he said Italy, he said it in an Italian accent. Yes, did you Italy. spot that? <laughs> it's funny, as you're going along and describing your, your kind of journey here, you, all these different accents keep popping up. So exactly. You, yeah, you, you say you say you know a friendly, warm, welcoming place, but um, we don't like Polish people here, Mikhail. Have you, did you not? Did you not know that? No, I didn't. No, I think you are very welcoming, actually. You know. So uh, really, is, is that, is that genuinely that the, 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 you've had a warm reception here? Because there are, I'm being slightly <laughs> flippant. There are some people that kind of frown on on on, on migrants, yeah. particularly from Poland. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I've had uh, mostly positive experiences. Obviously, you know, there are some negative as well, but generally speaking, very positive. Uh, I would say in my case, a big advantage was that I was able to communicate in English straight away when I came in. Yeah. Uh, that's very important, obviously, when you think about, you know, integration, you know, cohesion, all sorts of other things, you know, employment, progression in employment, you know, finding a new work and things like that. So I didn't have any problems. And I was, from day one, if you like, I was really trying very hard to be part of the local community, you know, involved in the local church, you know, doing a lot of other things. I set up, you know, first in the county Polish network called Well in Hatfield Polish Forum. So I was trying really to make sure that actually Polish community is seen as a, as a community which is not only living and working and contributing economically to the, you know, benefit of Britain, if you like, but also is really making a difference in, in our local areas. Uh, International Migrants Day, if I'm completely honest, I'd never heard of it. Oh, yeah. It, 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 how, how has it benefited you and, and what exactly is it for? I mean, look, uh, I mean, you have all sorts of different days. We, we celebrate all sorts of different days uh, in Britain. You know, you, a couple of weeks ago, we had a World AIDS Day, which I think was absolutely amazing. And we've actually organized something in Hartford as well. Um, and for the last couple of years, we've been also celebrating International Migrants Day. And as you can imagine, it's a day which celebrates activities of migrants in the county or in the country. And, and basically looks forward to as how to migrants, you know, can support future, you know, strategies and improvements in Britain. And also, which I think is absolutely critical today, particularly, uh, it highlights and demonstrates contribution of, of migrants in, in the country in relation to economy, culture, and how actually skills uh, uh, in migrants' process can support, you know, uh, Britain, you know. Mikhail, tell, like. tell me why, tell me why um, uh, the, 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 the beds, hearts and bucks, why, why it's better because of migrants. How, in what way has it improved, do you think? I mean, uh, a lot of things. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, work-wise, I think, in terms of employment, in terms of, you know, certain, you know, industries, certain sectors, you know, so when you look at things like, um, I don't know, agriculture, it maybe doesn't necessarily, you know, that much to Hartford and Bedfordshire, but if you look across the picture in the east of England, you know, I think that this is something which, you know, is, is well-known, if you like. When you look at, you know, things like care homes, when you think like, you know, warehouses, when you think like, you know, things like, you know, uh, I don't know, catering industry and things like that, you know, I think that this is where, you know, uh, a lot of Eastern European migrants, but generally speaking also EU migrants, contrib- uh, are, are contributing economically far more in taxes than the takeout and benefits. And that's also, you know, very, very important to, uh, to say because, you know, any report you read, any report you read, I think it, it is very, very clear that migrants, EU migrants, are not a drain on finances and resources in Britain. They actually, you know, uh, all the reports are contradicting that and saying clearly that, you know, migrants are actually contributing mm. a lot more in taxes than take out and benefits. And what I'm, I'm really upset about, and that's why days like today are absolutely critical uh, and very important, is that, you know, I don't think, <coughs> sorry, that we have at the moment in Britain a very fair 
and balanced debate on, on, on migration. Oh, well, you and I'm say you are, not... No, you're a politi- you are a political hot potato at the moment. You are that you, uh, Mikhail, and and you know your your uh, country folk are what's going to swing the election one way or the other, isn't it? Hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's why you know. Look, I'll be quite honest with you. you no, know? uh, I think you need to have a you know honest discussion about it. You need to know how many people are coming in, how many people are going out. The problem I have is I think the debate itself is not really well balanced. You know, we're constantly talking about the negative aspects of immigration, but we are not talking about enough. I think uh, about you know positive aspects of immigration. The other thing you know which also annoys me uh, quite a lot as well is that you know you have a lot of people coming into Britain, but you know we are not saying you know that you know a lot of Brits are also or many other people you know also mm. you know. Um, Using the freedom of movement within you to travel and live elsewhere, and I think that's that's so so important as well. You know, because you I, have more three hundred thousand, you know, uh, uh, British people living in Spain, and also, you know, it's it's not one way system traffic. It's like people are, you know, really mm. benefiting from from the freedom of movement really hugely, and I think it benefits uh, people in Europe hugely. Mikhail Shevniak, uh, it's great to talk to you. Let's keep his number because he's good. I've already written his name down. He is good, and uh, as we get closer and closer to the general election, we all know that migration is going to be the thing. That that decides it one way or the other. And he's, he's right. We, we, you don't get the positive stories. I like to think maybe on this show, perhaps you get them a little bit more than elsewhere. But you don't get the positive stories of how our society is improving because of migrants. Mikhail, we will speak to you again, definitely. Thank you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hatfield on the A414, there's reports that it's partially blocked between the A1M Junction 3 for St Albans and the London Coney roundabout. In Newport Pagnell on Ausbank Street, that's uh, blocked because a bridge has been struck by a vehicle at the High Street between there and Riverside. In High Wycombe on Marlow Hill, that's looking very busy and also on the M1 southbound, that's looking slow on the speed sensors between the Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and Dunstable Road at Junction 11. In Luton as well, Airport Way is very slow around Foxhall Way and the Kidneywood Roundabout, Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Samantha. Thank you, Mikael. We'll definitely get you back at some point. Um, so, lots to talk about. I'll remind you what, after the latest news, is Toby Friedner. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. I'm Toby Friedner. The headlines, domestic violence concerns over Hertfordshire murder, delayed passengers flying from Luton to get refund and homeless man from Letchworth fined for shoplifting. BBC Three Counties Radio. A man from Hatfield is beginning a life sentence for the murder of his wife with a minimum of 13 and a half years. Dexter Landsberg had already been arrested for assaulting 31-year-old Dina. Dina's aunt, Kay Hunder, says Landsberg had stopped her from speaking to the rest of her family for some time and that it was clear something was wrong. He stopped her from socialising. She was no longer coming to family uh, functions. She didn't turn up to parties. She didn't turn up to weddings. She didn't, even to funerals, she was no longer turning up. Um, she only spoke to you when he wasn't there on the phone. There were times that she wouldn't even answer your email unless he had approved. Air traffic control company Nats has confirmed that it's calculating a rebate for air passengers after the disruption caused by a computer glitch. It comes as the firm's chief executive told MPs as many as 120 flights were cancelled during the problems last Friday, with Luton Airport being among the worst affected. 
Police are trying to find a 13-year-old girl from Luton who's been missing for a week. Lillian Jacobson left her uncle's home in Shervington Grove last Friday morning but didn't arrive at school. It's believed that she could be with her mother. A plasterer from Leighton Buzzard had pleaded guilty to tax fraud. Christopher Green illegally claimed £23,000, as Lee Agnew reports. The court heard the 26-year-old filed his and his father's returns online, exaggerating the amount of tax they'd already paid to inflate their tax repayments. Investigators say that if he hadn't been caught, he would probably have continued to falsify his accounts. Green pleaded guilty to evasion of income tax and fraud. He was given a 15-month suspended sentence and 250 hours of community work. North Yorkshire police have apologised for failing to properly investigate sex abuse claims against Jimmy Savile and one of his friends, the former mayor of Scarborough, Peter Giaconelli. 35 people have come forward in the past year to make allegations against the two men. The force's internal inquiry says officers missed opportunities to investigate the conduct of the pair while they were still alive, but found no evidence of misconduct. Sony Pictures say that they've cancelled the release of a comedy film about a plot to kill the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. A growing number of cinemas were refusing to screen it after threats from computer hackers. And a Hertfordshire man who stole a T-shirt costing £2.50 from a local charity shop was left with a £60 bill after being taken to court for shoplifting while he was homeless. Carl Arnold of Hill Path in Letchworth Garden City admitted taking the T-shirt and received no formal punishment but was asked to pay £45 costs and a £15 victim surcharge. And the weather cloudy with mild and a top te- cloudy and mild rather with a top temperature of 14 degrees Celsius. That's 57 degrees Fahrenheit. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk/threecounties. Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks. <laughs> Let's see who's behind door number 18. Toby Friedner. The ultimate way for me to spend Christmas Day, I think, is with the family opening presents on Christmas morning, sitting in front of the log fire at the in-laws' house on Exmoor, carols playing in the background and snow falling on the ground. Building up to Christmas, only seven days All right, to Toby, go. it's the Blooming Toby Friedman show this morning. Radio. He described a Christmas card, but... Uh... <laughs> that, never, that never... Why is everyone here being encouraged to lie about their Christmases? <laughs> It's sitting on the sofa with all your presents on your knee all day long. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to get Christmassy. I've got nothing for my mother yet. Absolutely nothing for my mother. I haven't got a clue. No Neil Diamond tickets. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Why did you have to say well, maybe that? Maybe you could dress up as him and reenact Live him. on the rocks. <laughs> What's on the show this morning, Catherine, please? We're talking about all kinds of things. We've got some serious stuff. We've got some silly stuff. It's, yeah, the, um... the lost coach driver. Yep. Uh, <laughs> He was supposed to be going from Bradford to Heathrow, ended up in Dunstable on an industrial estate and just left. The passenger said, I can't take this anymore. He got out and said, I've had enough. I've had enough. These are terrible directions. M1, M25, M4, mate. That's all you've got to do. We can also talk about this this really interesting case. And we've only got scant uh, detail on it. And we did go to both sides involved, but yeah. they don't want to talk to us about it. But I just think it's a really interesting moral one, this one. The homeless man has been uh, given a bill of £60. So some of that is court costs and some of that is victim surgery charge yeah. for pinching and admitting to pinching from a charity shop it was a £2.50 t-shirt mm. the charity was the YMCA you would think that was a charity set up for people like him yep is it right that now he's got to pay £60, a man who 
wanted a T-shirt so badly that he stole it. You can't find people who haven't got any money, surely, can you? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's have a, a look at some texts, shall we, before we go any further? Uh, we've got a jammy one from Ian. He says, uh, hi, Ian, just to let you know, it's my last day of work until the 5th of January. Therefore, the last time I'm early, uh, up early enough to hear your show. No. Wishing your team... Oh, it's not Ian, it's Adam from Ian. No, Adam, that's... No. Wishing you and your team a very reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. Thank you very much indeed, but you can still listen to it. By the way, uh, Catherine, Kelly, Justin and I will be here next Monday and Tuesday. It's going to be very relaxed shows. We're going to bring in some records. Uh, we're going to mess around. And on Tuesday next week, you're invited to pop into the studio for little 15-minute windows. And you can do. And if you want to bring yeah. biscuits yeah. No, in a sealed package, <laughs> then <laughs> Never eat do. food from a listener. But if it's sealed, it's Mike fine. Mike Mendoza um, uh, the, the, you, once was given cream cakes that were laced with LSD, and that book man has never been the same. Uh, so, uh, yeah, never eat food from a listener. Speaking of food, you yeah. know we're going to a proprietary brand of chicken shop later on. Betty, Betty. Yeah. I'm Betty, um, Betty excited. I praise the Portuguese for that. Yeah. I shouldn't have, says Dave Bedford. You need to thank the South Africans for Piri Piri. The Portuguese imported it from two of their colonies, Angola and Mozambique. Dave Not, in Bedford knows his stuff. No, I'm, I'm thanking the Portuguese for bothering to import it when no one else was bothered. Listen, it's their cockerel on the badge. My mum, bless her, she doesn't get out um, very often because she's really irritating and no one wants to go out with her. But she'd been out uh, for lunch one day. One of the carers had taken her out to Slough. And uh, she came back and said, I've, I've, I've been to the most marvellous... Re- it was fantastic. Oh, it was the food was wonderful. It was incredible. I said, oh, what restaurant was it? She says, I don't remember, but I know we ate chicken and it was Portuguese. Was it Nando's, Mum? Yeah, it was marvellous. It was marvellous. She thought it was like a really classy restaurant. You didn't tell her otherwise, did you? No, I did not. Do you want to go out to a, for a posh bit of posh nosh? We go to a Nando's, Mum. Oh, you do spoil me. There you go. Christmas sorted. Nando's. <laughs> Thank you very much. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Slightly more serious issues. A man from Hatfield is beginning a life sentence for the murder of his wife with a minimum of 13 and a half years. Dexter Landsberg had already been arrested for assaulting 31 year old Medina, or Dina as she was known. Hearts Police's handling of her case is subject to an IPCC investigation. Well, I'm joined now by Lawrence Arnold, who's the father of Amelia, who was murdered by her boyfriend Jack Wall in Stevenage. Good morning, Lawrence. Hi there, Ian. Just remind us uh, about Amelia. What was she like? Uh, well, she was a, a beautiful, young, intelligent lady, but um, got involved in a relationship, got taken in by, you know, um, the, her abuser. Um, he obviously, you know, we were unaware of any of this as a family, but, um, uh, yeah, once she worked up the courage to go to the police... Um, that night, she was the, the police did nothing about it because she was too scared to say anything, mm. and then they ended up um, murdered that night. So, by what's interesting, but, Lawrence, and, and the, the similarity I'm, I'm getting with with uh, Amelia's story yeah. and with Dina's story sure. is um, that the, the, you know you said she was an intelligent, bright young woman, yeah, and yet she she remained in a relationship that that was physically and mentally abusive. Is she wanted to keep it going she just wanted she, she she remembered when it was great and i think people tend to get into that state where they think well i, I just want to make things right and it's my fault they you know they're completely uh taken in by the 
their abuser and believe that it's their fault and not, you know, no one else's, so... There was a baby involved as well, wasn't there? That's right, yeah. Yeah. And it must, it, uh, and it must be hard, you know, to, to, to walk out of a relationship, but I, it's, um... Oh, it's just so confusing, isn't it? She she went to the police and and and, and they did nothing about it. That must be no. um, very upsetting for you. It's 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 unbelievable. You know, I've never had uh, some kind of apology from the police as a family or anything like that. You know, I mean, it's all. I mean, once again, it's the Hertfordshire County Council that seem to be blameworthy in this case. Um, you know, what message are they giving across to people who who they say, oh, you know, if you've got a, a abusive relationship. Come to us, and we'll 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 help you. And and that doesn't seem to be the case. You know, even if the person's arrested, they're still able to go back to the house mm. and you know murder that person, as as in what seemed to have happened in this case. Am I right, um, Lawrence? That in in uh, your daughter's case, she told housing, she told the council that she wanted um, uh, Jack Wall, the, the chap that murdered her, yeah. that wanted Jack out of the. Um, the property, yeah. but they they didn't pass on the information that she was she was terrified. There were so many um, different departments and what have you involved, and you know I think it was a, a lack of communication. Whether whether things have changed, they they say things have changed. Somehow I doubt it. You know because if things like this are still happening, um, there are you know there are. You know, there are obviously different cases, but there there are similarities. In, as in, there was the same outcome: the person was abused, and then they were murdered. You know, um, I'm yeah, you know, I'm quite shocked to see this again in that. You know, in the you know under the same constabulary in the same sort of similar kind of circumstances. What's uh, what's Christmas going to be like for you and your family, Lawrence? Um, well, fortunately, because I have a you know I've got I've still got my grandchild it's that sort of helps uh, a lot i mean she's you know i miss, i miss her every day and you know and i'm frustrated that nothing was done but you can't you can't just dwell on things but i, I do feel sorry for the family involved in this mm. uh, recent case um you know because I don't, was there a child involved i'm not too sure but i don't no, know no, how i'm they, not sure but, but let's, how, how, and how old's your grandkid lawrence how old? Yeah. Three. Oh, well, three is, three is kind of the, the, it's when it starts getting really Brilliant magical age. at Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. Because they, they are they completely, they know all about Father Christmas, they know all of the magic. That's right. Yeah, that's what it's... Lawrence, I, I hope you have the best Christmas you can. I will do. Go and spoil that grandkid. Cheers, Ian. Thank you, mate. Speak Cheers. You, there we go. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, I'm joined now by Claire Laxton from the domestic violence charity Women's Aid. Good morning, Claire. Good morning. The, the, the kind of thing that I'm picking up this morning with, with, with Dina's story and with the story we just heard there from Lawrence and his daughter Amelia is that um, I know it happens both ways. M- men can abuse women. It's primarily men. That, the, the, the women can abuse men. It's primarily men. But it, the, the, yeah. the, the women involved here seem uh, intelligent, uh, um, the, 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 the wise, caring. They care for other people. And yet they remain in relationships where they're being physically or mentally abused. And it's very much, um, you know, what Lawrence is talking about is that control and the manipulation and what, you know, what perpetrators will do is, first of all, isolate isolate women from their friends and family. So actually they don't really have anyone to talk to or they don't have people to go to. And then they will make them think that all of this is their fault. And that's why, you know, women, that's they, they basically destroy their self-esteem and their sense of worth 
And that's, you know, that's often why they stay in a relationship. The perpetrator will be very, very clever in, in being very loving, in between being abusive. So it creates that, um, you know, effectively, you know, it creates that situation where, where the women can't leave. But also, as as I think happened in, in Lawrence's daughter's case, um, you know, those perpetrators will say, if you ever leave, I will kill you or I will kill the child. And under those sorts of threats, you know, I don't know how other people would react, but that's, you know, that's very controlling and, and very um, decisive for that woman. Do we know how many women are, ki- are killed by their husbands or their partners? Is there so a figure on for that? Average, yeah, on average, in England and Wales, two women are killed every week. Sorry? By their partners or... Uh, two women a week? Yes. Yeah. Flipping egg. And that, that, that statistic hasn't changed for a long time. Gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless, Claire. What, yeah. what, it would appear that Hearts Police, in both these cases, perhaps didn't step up to the mark. I mean, what kind of the, the, the protection is there for women who are, are in these relationships and want to get help? Are the police the best people to go and see? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you're in immediate danger, you should obviously be calling the police. And and there are lots of civil and criminal remedies that they can use to try and protect that woman. I think it's really important. What is really important is that the police really recognise the 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 needs of that woman and the risk that she's at. And I think what's what's so important for the police to remember is when when the woman has gone to the police, she might have been experiencing abuse for you know five years or or whatever. So actually, this isn't the first incidence of violence she's experienced. So she is probably very, very traumatised already. And it's about recognising what position she's in. And there are, there are lots of things that they can do. There are lots of civil remedies. They can get her to try and get her to a specialist um, domestic violence service, um, you know, restraining orders, domestic violence protection orders. There's lots of things they can do. And I suppose, I suppose uh, that women could also, they could get in touch with Women's Aid, your charity. Yes, absolutely. We run the National Domestic Violence Helpline in partnership with Refuge, and it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, 0808, 2000, 24-7. People can call, ask for help, ask for support, and, and we will help them. Claire, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pass you back to Catherine, my producer. We'll take that number down again, and we'll, we'll, we'll give it out um, just after the news and travel, just to make sure everyone's got it. That's Claire Laxton from uh, the domestic violence charity Women's Aid. Two women a week are killed by their husbands or their partners... I, I, that's incredible, isn't it? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hatfield on the A414 westbound, reports that it's partially blocked because a car's broken down between the A1M junction 3 for St Albans and the London Coney roundabout. Having a look at these speed sensors, and it's a little bit slow through that stretch at the moment. In Newport Pagnell on Asbank Street, that is blocked because the bridge has been struck by a vehicle between the High Street and Riverside. Into High Wycombe on Marlow Hill, that's looking very busy on the speed sensors. And looking at the cameras on the M1 southbound, it's very slow between junction 11 for Dunstable Road and junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. Also looking very busy on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. And on the trains, Thameslink still have half-hour delays between Bedford and Gatwick Airport. That's because of overrunning engineering works at Redhill. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 8.17, it's Thursday the 18th of December. It's a week to go, guys. In a week's time, we'll all be full of chocolates and uh, all the presents will be open. We'll be asking where Noel Edmonds is. On the telly, he's not invited to my house for Christmas. That would be uh, not after last year. 
These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man from Hatfield is beginning a life sentence for the murder of his wife with a minimum of 13 and a half years. Dexter Landsberg had already been arrested for assaulting 31-year-old Dina. Passengers due to fly from Luton Airport during the disruption caused by the air traffic computer glitch are to get a rebate. And in sport, Luton will face Chelsea in the semi-finals of the League Cup after beating Bournemouth 3-1 at the Gold Sand Stadium last night. BBC Three Counties ah, Radio. the Gold Sand Stadium, JBS. I'm imagining... No, no good luck. You're, you're, you're going to be one-legged with all those headphones. I'm imagining the Gold Sand Stadium, one of your favourite football stadia. I don't know what that is. Oh. What it's, is it? It's a football stadium, one of, uh, the, one of the great stadia throughout this country. Well, if you don't know what that one is, what is your favourite football stadium then? Where, where is it? Um, it's either Bournemouth or oh. Chelsea. It's lovely down in Bournemouth, isn't it? Isn't it just? Nice. God's, God's beach. God's waiting room. Yes, yeah, lovely beach in Bournemouth. Yeah. Is it sand? It is sand. I don't buy this Pebble Beach. If it's pebbles, it's not a beach. No. Bournemouth Beach is not a beach. I've been on... Uh, uh, Brighton Beach, sorry, it's not, not a beach. Not for many years, but I've yeah. been on Bournemouth Beach on a really, really, really hot summer's day. Oh, and you yeah. could be yeah. in the med. Yeah. You could be. Yeah. I don't get nudist beaches. Really? No, I don't get that. I think that is disgusting. First of all, you don't want to get sand trapped down there. And secondly, it's disgusting. Right. And I don't even like... I, don't, I find um, bikinis and most of men's swim... Just horrible, horrible bits of clothing. Right. So you, so we'd never find you, you know, in all your long glory... Sorry? Lying. <laughs> <laughs> beg, your, beg your pardon? <laughs> said I don't go to nudist beaches, Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan, well, you know what I mean. What I are do. you, six foot four? Yeah, something like that. Yes, you yes. know, lying there in the sand, yeah, all naked. I don't like no, not naked. Not sand. I'm not. I don't like sand. I hate beaches. I like the idea of a beach. No, I don't like beaches. And then you go to a beach, and then you get water on you, and then you got sand on you, and then oh, you got tan lotion. Oh, it's disgusting. But you know what? The swimming pools are no better. My daughter's got goggles, right? So yeah. I had a little go of the goggles when we're on holiday. We've been swimming in this thing all week. Yeah. Look, plasters. Oh, yeah. Bit of lolly sticks. Scabs. Hair. Smallpox. It's horrible. Oh, how disgusting. Yeah. Well, you don't go to very classy places, Kath. This was supposed to be a classy establishment. Jonathan and I go to um, luxury uh, holidays well, together. Jonathan's virtually got his own holiday home, hasn't well, he? And I, heard, Frigliana. and I heard your gentleman who'd been to Frigliana who had um, a cloudy swimming pool. He did have a cloudy swimming pool. How disgusting! Cloudy swimming pool! <laughs> I know, you don't, want, you don't want that, do you? You don't want to get into a cloudy swimming pool. I've, uh, <laughs> I've had a holiday in the Maldives, and when you've, had, when you've experienced a Maldives beach... Anything else oh. is just a little bit rubbish. Yeah. Was it Paradise Island? Because I've heard that place literally is. Paradise. No, it's a place called Miro Fenfushi. Oh, right. What's that like? I used to go to a school with a kid called Miro Fenfushi. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did. Great guy. Really? I went to Miro Fenfushi. Yeah. And uh, they had... I re- one thing I did there, because yeah. you've got to get your snorkel and your goggles, haven't you? Have, you? yes. And um, they had... on the They had these things called water villas. Oh, yeah. You see, all the, these... On are, the poles. The re- yeah, they're yeah. on stilts yeah. out in the water. Yeah. And when you arrived there, they would give you an appointment so you could go and have your massage. Oh. Yes, yeah, lovely. So when you go in, so I went in for my it's massage. So nice, oh. It's so nice, And you go in there and Here there's one of these rooms and you've got the two massage beds. Beautiful, yeah. And where you've got the little thing where you stick your head through. Yes. The hole. Yeah. They've got glass panels on the nice floor. Calf. 
So when you're lying there having your massage, you look through and you can see the fish underneath. So, of course, I'm doing this. I thought, this is fun. Tomorrow, at about this time, for the new arrivals, (laughs) I'm going to get my snorkel and my goggles (laughs) and I'm going to go underneath and I'm going to just appear. Naked. I'm going to appear through the window. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did this. I went down oh, yes, there with my stork, snorkel and goggles. Yes. And I'm l- staring up. This great big businessman, clearly oh, a great big fat businessman, lying yeah. there having his massage. How can you tell they were fat from just that <laughs> in their face? Because <laughs> his cheeks were all squashed through the hole. Yes. So I'm there yeah. waving at him underneath. What were you waving? That. All right. And all of a sudden, I realised I wasn't alone underneath. Uh-oh. It was teeming with sharks. <laughs> <laughs> it, was so it was teeming with sharks. Yeah. Oh, I bet that played Mary Hell with his relaxation. <laughs> and so, so this man yeah. having his massage will have seen this yes. twerp, yeah. you know, pulling funny faces at him, oh and then suddenly having a panic attack, <laughs> I inhaled water through my snorkel. <laughs> Trying to swim away to get away from the sharks. Oh, it was terrifying. Yeah, and that's why you've only got one leg, isn't it? I'd yeah. never I'd never asked. I'd never drawn attention to it, but I feel I can now. Oh, Thank you for that. What's Oh dear. <laughs> did, did you have did you have a private butler on your uh, island? <laughs> no, I we, we had a private butler on ours. Did you? Yeah, and we were I, we didn't know that we'd booked a butler for our honeymoon and we turned out we had this butler, this young lad called Bockery. Was he a butler in the buff? Hello. No, we had clothes on. Don't do the impression. Hello, I'm Butler Bockery. What would you like to do today? And we did we felt guilty for using him, so we just went and played pool with him all the time. Did I didn't, you? Yeah, I didn't want to take advantage of him. So we just went to fancy come and play pool, but, uh, Bockery. Oh. Okay, yes. He didn't want to. You no, he didn't want to. We made him. My, I had a, um, a, a a villa boy. That's uh, no, no. Let me tell you. No, I don't know if you should. I mean, <laughs> this is all great podcast material, by the way. <laughs> let me tell you. Yes. No, what happened was every yes. night I'd go for no. my. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> Go for my evening meal. Yeah. And when I'd come back, yeah. my bed had been turned down and petals had been scattered <laughs> all over the top of my bed. We had the petals, yes. Did you have that? Yes, that was our, we didn't have a villa boy. And the, the all the sheets had been yeah. put into a lovely... You know, one night I had a swan. Hard to get into, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's very really hard, it's hard to get into. It's such a shame. What? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just do this. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right. <laughs> I believe you're doing a show today. Yes, I'll What's be on here it? from nine. Coming yeah. up on the big phone in this morning, would you turn a blind eye to someone shoplifting this Christmas? Mm. A homeless man from Letchworth, I know you've been talking about this story this morning, no. who was caught shoplifting a £2.50 T-shirt from a charity shop has been fined £60. Carl Arnold from Hill Path admitted... Uh, taking the shirt from the YMCA charity shop in the Hertfordshire town, but avoided further punishment from a sympathetic judge. Frankie Packard from the Haven Homeless Charity in Stevenage has told BBC Three Counties Radio this morning there are lots of cases like this locally and she knows homeless people who've been fined £80 for stealing a sandwich. Well, from nine this morning, I want your reaction to this. Would you turn a blind eye to someone shoplifting this Christmas? Do you think that nine out of ten times people shoplifting are desperate? They are people who can't afford to eat, can't afford to clothe themselves, and that is why they are doing it. And therefore, would you turn a blind eye to it? Or maybe you don't have any sympathy for someone who steals from a shop. 
Your call from nine oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hi, I'm Mr. Gray, and what's your issue? Very, very uh, Christmas. What one? I didn't quite get that. I'm going to just play that again, just to just to see who that which which uh, Three Counties presenter that is. Hi, I'm Mr. Gray, and what's your issue? Mr. Gray. Very, very uh, Christmas. What one? I think that's Nestor McGregor. <laughs> okay, Mr. Greg. He doesn't really um, say his name right, considering it's his name. Well, nor does Mr. Priva. Mm. <laughs> Good morning, PPIs. My name is Mr. Priva. PPIs. <laughs> and I wish you a reggae Christmas. I wish you a reggae Christmas. I wish you a reggae Christmas. And a happy no. new year. Reggae yeah. new year. We've also got um, Luke Ashmead uh, to do one as well. Yeah. Um, my name's Luke Ashmead. I do sports. And I wish you, the listeners, a very reggae Christmas. And a very reggae new year. Fantastic. Thank you, Luke. Nice of them. I don't it? feel like I accept the reggae Christmas or new year without <laughs> a musical burst. Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, I, no, I know no. exactly what you mean. We need a bit of this, don't we, guys? Yeah. Come on, everybody at home. Up you get. Up you get. We wish you a reggae Christmas. We wish you a reggae Christmas. We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. Oh, my legs are a bit stiff from uh, my workout. Yeah, this is uh, this is as great news, of course, as, as I recorded mine. I feel a bit weird playing mine, but hi, I'm Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties <laughs> Radio. And I wish you a reggae Christmas. I wish you a reggae Christmas. I wish you a reggae Christmas and a happy new year. Oh, you got it wrong too. Wait. Wow, Ian Lee, your voice sounds so reggae. Thank you. Thank you. You were good there. I've got uh, some Texas if you want. Yeah, go on. This is on the matter of migrants. That voice day. at the end, by the way, is, uh, I think her name is Olady. Is that how you would pronounce that? Olaid? I'm not sure. Olady. Call us, 08459. She's coming in next Tuesday. Oh, yes, we'll find so out. thank you for... We've thank got a few people that. coming in next Tuesday. Dr Watts has booked an appointment. Kiri <laughs> as well. She wants to bring her kids. I said, fine. Oh, oh, please bring kids down. I, maybe I didn't make that clear. Next Tuesday, if you want to bring kids... And when I say kids, I don't mean stroppy 16-year-olds. If you want to bring nippers down, oh, please do. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? We're going to have to lay something on, aren't Can we? Can you <laughs> also bring biscuits and your own tea and coffee? Yes, yes. we're not making... This, we're not providing refreshments. I'll bring a tub of Pringles. Hey, They're saw, not stopping. Don't I, take your coat off. I saw a packet of Pringles yesterday. Mint chocolate Pringles. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. But I would like to. I'll give it a go. Yeah. Uh, yeah but next Tuesday, it's an open door between six and nine. Bring your kids down. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Speaking, we'll have that. Speaking of open doors, yes. Migrants Day. Oh, hey, happy Migrants Day, everybody. Migrants Day. Two very, very different opinions mm. here. This is just to show the juxtaposition yep. that we can provide on this programme. Yep, that's us. Barry and Hemel. Juxtaposition cast, we call her. <laughs> for, for, di- for a different reason, but it fits here. <laughs> it fits. Just fits. Migrant Day. We should have one every month and celebrate by deporting 100 illegal ones every Migrant Day. Barry of Hemel Hempstead. We try and deport the illegal ones. We try and deport the illegal ones. That's what. That's the law. That's because they're illegal. Yeah, the legal ones are welcome. Helen and Milton Keynes. We owe so much to the Polish nation in the fight against Nazi Germany. It's a debt that cannot ever be repaid. The fact the government seems incapable of screening out convicted criminals creates negative press and dishonest debate on issues surrounding migration. We spoke to a cracking uh, uh, Polish fellow earlier on who... Um, and it was interesting, Mikhail, Mikhail to, to get the positive 
uh, side of immigration. Because he, he's right. You read certain newspapers and listen to certain radio shows, and it's all about how much, you know, about Ill- illegal immigrants, about how much they're sucking uh, out of the benefit system, about how they're stealing English jobs, all of that stuff. And the majority of that stuff is nonsense. And he put forward a really good case in the short time that we had that we should be concentrating more on the positive aspects. And we will. We'll get him back. We'll find out a way to get him back and uh, maybe have him on with someone who has a different point of view. What I really liked about him was that he said, you know, that he hadn't come over to steal our jobs and yep. marry our women. He, yep. He'd really come over to avoid an argument with his wife. <laughs> oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. One southbound a lane is closed between Junction 13 for Bedford and 12 for Flissick. And on, that's, that's causing it to be very slow there. On the M25 as well, it's looking very busy between Junction 22 for St Albans and 23 for Big North Corner at South Mims. In Hatfield on the A414, that has now cleared up. If the breakdown was between the A1M Junction 3 and the London Coney Roundabout, that has now been cleared and it's moving fine at the moment. In Newport Pagnall, though, Owlsbank Street is blocked because the bridge has been struck by a vehicle between High Street and Riverside. On the A1 southbound, that's looking very slow between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout. And on the trains checking the uh, Thameslink services, and uh, there are still half an hour delays between uh, Bedford and Gatwick Airport because of overrunning engineering works at Redhill. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Let's get the news now. Here's Toby. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Not Toby, it's Lee, the playing musical newsreader today. Over to you, Lee. It's half past eight. The headlines, a man from Hatfield is beginning a life sentence for the murder of his wife with a minimum of 13 and a half years. Dexter Landsberg had already been arrested for assaulting 31-year-old Dina. A homeless man from Hertfordshire has been prosecuted for stealing a £2 T-shirt from a charity shop. Carl Arnold from Hillpath in Letchworth Garden City has been ordered to pay £60 in costs. Sony Pictures have cancelled the release of a comedy film about a plot to kill the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. A growing number of cinemas were refusing to screen it after threats from computer hackers. And police are trying to find a 13-year-old girl from Luton who's been missing for a week. Lillian Jacobson left her uncle's home in Sherman Grove last Friday morning but didn't arrive at school. It's thought she could be with her mother. The weather will be cloudy and with light rain this afternoon. Top temperatures around 14 degrees Celsius. That's 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Liverpool will play Chelsea in the semi-finals of the League Cup after beating Bournemouth 3-1 last night. Meanwhile, Tottenham manager Mauricio Pochettino believes his side can still improve despite beating Newcastle 4-0. He says his players will only get better as the season goes on. I think that uh, we are in the right way. We need time always, but this is a, a very good game. Um, good game for us, for our player, for our supporter. I think that we need to believe uh, more in our way and have trust that we are right in our way. In cricket, the former England limited overs coach Ashley Giles says Alistair Cook's form is a concern ahead of the World Cup next year. England's World Cup squad has to be named by the 7th of January with their first match against Australia on Valentine's Day. Giles says Cook's place is under threat. It's a big worry because Alistair Cook simply isn't playing that well. He's not been playing that well for a year and going into a World Cup, yes, your leader's important, but also having 15 players in that squad who can perform and win games for England. 
Britain's double Olympic champion Charlotte Dujardin has broken her second world record at Olympia 2014. It follows the former Leighton Buzzard schoolgirls world record in the Grand Prix on Tuesday. She says it was the best performance of her life. Definitely, you know, it's just incredible to come here year after year and keep breaking world records and I've done two world records in one show this time and uh, oh my god I've just had an absolutely phenomenal ride with Allegro. He's just an incredible horse. He is a true horse of a lifetime. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at nine o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, folks. Yeah, and that message is sincere and is from all of us and comes from the heart. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy show this morning. We've been talking about the uh, homeless gentleman. Stole a £2.50 T-shirt from the YMCA charity shop somewhere. Got landed with a £60, well, not a fine, but costs and a fine and, and, and all of that. And it just doesn't seem quite right to financially punish someone who is homeless and um, can't afford to buy a £2.50 T-shirt. Now, we don't have the full facts. We've not been able to speak to either side. No, so we, we contacted the YMCA yeah. and they haven't got back to us. We're making bits up here, but on face value, uh, it doesn't seem quite right, really. 08459 455 555. Uh, we've also spoken about um, uh, National Immigrants Day. How are you celebrating it? And um, smoking in cars with kids. Oh, and that plum of a coach driver. We'll speak to Dealey about that soon. We, the, the coach driver driving from... Uh, where was he driving? Bradford, Bradford Heathrow. M1, M25, M4. He got lost. He turned off the M1 at about Junction 11 and got lost in Luton. Well, apparently he ended up on an industrial estate in Dunstable. <laughs> got frustrated. Just left the passengers there, said, I can take no more. Oh, it's so good. And it's... apparently they're not allowed to use a sat-nav. I'm not sure I buy, I buy that. Uh, James is in Milton Keynes. Morning, James. Good morning, Ian. How are you doing? I'm all right, James. What would you like to say? Um, I just wonder what's uh, with the open doors on Tuesday and uh, bring your your sprogs along. Yeah, I've got. I've you can't. Got no, you can't children. leave them here. We're not like a, 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 oh. a crash service. You can't bring them in, drop the them off, and, and yeah, is that what you wanted to do? Well, no, but now, now that you mentioned it, it seems like a really good idea. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> How many you got? Three. Three. Three daughters. Uh, Twelve, ten, and six. Right. Okay. Yep. <laughs> hey, do that again, girls. Do that again. I just, I just like numbers. Hey, no, um... Are you coming down then, James? If, yeah, if you, if you like. You'll have to sort us out the address of where you are. What biscuits do you want as well? Oh, uh, sealed. Jammy sealed. Dodgers. Sealed containers. Yeah, they've got, as long as they're not open, I'm, I'm so cautious about eating food that a listener brings in. Even worse, yeah, eating food that a listener's children have made. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I don't even yeah. eat food that my own kids have no. made, because I know what they do. I know what my boys are holding all the time. <laughs> 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 my youngest now, the eldest doesn't do it, James. The youngest now, he'll have his hand down his trousers. He'll come yeah. up to me and go, Daddy, can you guess what I'm holding? I go, yeah, it's your willy. Get your hand out your trousers, son. Leave it. Whereas my hey, daughter likes it. to uh, farm her nostrils. Oh. Nice. <laughs> James, listen, uh, we will, we will uh, tweet and we'll put the address up on Facebook. Everybody's uh, uh, welcome. Don't come down for the whole morning. That'll be, um, uh, you know, awkward. Um, but yeah, yeah bring, bring the girls. We'll just tell him about chocolate, chocolate hobnob? Would that be uh, your favourite? Bring a chocolate hobnob, please. That'll be lovely. Well, a whole pack, not just one. I'm not tired. James, see you next week. Ta-ta. Stay on the line, James. We, uh, I don't know whether we should be tweeting I, our address. I, we, don't even need to, we don't even need to book it. Just people just turn up. The more, no, the no. merrier. I know. If we get 50... We, we, we got, we'll, get, we'll get half a dozen people tops. If we get 50 people in it, brilliant. That's a show. Do you remember last year we just had one? We did just We just had one. one man, and I think he was here to fix the lift. <laughs> he was. 
We will have, we'll have a, if we get 50 people then we'll have a little sing song. We'll yeah. It'll be fun. Oh yeah. Next week's shows, by the way, Monday and Tuesday, are going to be rubbish. Not as bad as Wednesdays, Dealey's doing that one. No, but I don't need to book any interviews, so I'll be happy no, next no, week. No, we, 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 if there are any big stories, we'll cover them, but generally we'll just do what's in the papers, yeah. we'll, we'll do what's online and we'll play records and chat. Merry Christmas me. That's what people want on Christmas, isn't it? Over Christmas week, they just want people messing around. Yes. If this, you know, if this a bomb goes off or something, then we'll, we'll, we'll cover that. Heaven forbid. Oh yeah. Well, you don't need kids. Even terrorists oh, recognise. People are asking whether they have to bring kids. No, no, no. You, even if you don't have children, you're still allowed in. I don't and want I, people. I don't think you should come and help produce the show, but you're welcome to just sit. Well. In. <laughs> Can I put you through? You can have this conversation with someone else. <laughs> Kelly, that's not how you're Take supposed to. <laughs> that's not how you're supposed to speak to the listeners. It's all right. It's regular. Hello, who's this? Ian, it's Glenn. Hello, Glenn. You want to you, you want to come and produce the show, do you? No, I said I'd like to come and help produce the show. You have to speak to Catherine about that. Phone calls. Well, I don't mind answering the phone. God, that would be really nice to have someone who'd help. Whoa. <laughs> She just boned you, Kelly. I do the most work here. That's, 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 that's true. Kelly does the most work here. <laughs> um, uh, listen, you come along, and if you want to touch, if you want to touch some of my knobs, you're more than welcome wow. to. Thank you very much, Glenn. You're you're, you're very welcome. Uh, we'll see you next week, next Tuesday. Don't if you turn up Monday, you won't get in. Next next Tuesday, and um, oh, Dealey's here. Hello, Justin. Hello, boss. You're right. Yeah, you. You're saying that with... You've got a tone. No, no, no. No, no tone at all. No. There's definitely a tone I'm hearing, Just. OK. You just said uh, Monday and Tuesday are going to be great. Wednesday I'm doing it. It's going to be rubbish. No, I didn't say that. No, you did No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I heard. Did. yeah, I didn't say that. What I said was Monday and Tuesday are probably going to be a bit rubbish, mm-hmm. but not as rubbish as Wednesday when Justin is doing okay. it. OK. Do you I, want to apologise? For what? Well, not being in the Christmas spirit. Justin. Don't rise to it. He's not worth it. He's worried about you. He's insecure. This is why he's doing this on air. Okay. Okay. Just, just. All I'm saying is, this. Justin. Yeah. What are you saying? All I'm saying is, Justin. What are you saying? All I'm saying is, Justin. What are you saying? I'm trying to tell him what I'm saying. It's going to be a tense lunch. All I'm saying is, Justin. Go on. I wish you the very best yeah, of luck you can. on your Christmas Eve show, mm-hmm. and I hope you have a reggae Christmas Eve. I've got some great features lined up. Like what? Uh, we've got somebody coming in to play an organ. And uh, we have uh, a feature called Robo Ian. Oh, do you not know where we are? And what happens with this fella playing his organ? And the joke is, organ, it could be a, a, his, his penis. That's the joke, isn't no, it? No, no, no. He's got a big organ. There we go. And he comes into the studio, okay. he winds up yeah. and um, gets it out, and it, okay. it makes some nice noises. And the joke is... this organ thing past me. And the joke is that the organ, it could be um, his heart or his genitals. No, the, he's genuinely got a big organ. Yeah, he comes the, in and, and he's very good. Is this the organ good. I've seen? Huh? Is this the organ I've seen? She's seen a few. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's that organ. He's very good. He's very, very he's good. He's very good. By popular demand, I think we might have to bring him back. Okay, and this Robo Ian feature. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, it's good. Not really. Is it? Yeah. You sure it's good? Very, very good. Okay. Very good. Okay, well, well, well okay. Well, so, is, is that. Are you doing that because um, you're gay? I'm not gay. Well, you say that, but. Touch me, touch me. I want to feel your body. Ooh, but, but touch you, me. But then you say. I'm not gay. All right, then. You should get a life. Get a life, man. Who's that? Do you want to feel my arms? Yeah. No, I don't actually, Justin. Thank you. <laughs> What do you do at the weekend? I oiled up and I got naked. Wowzers. Gosh, that's that's um, 
That's pretty impressive. What do you, what, what do you, we're going to go to Nando's later on. What do you think you're going to have, Just? Oh, I'm going to get myself a cheesy crumpet. It tastes really cheesy and good. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think they do cheesy crumpets there. What are you doing now? Tell us what you're doing right now. Wiggling it. There we go, Justin. I've had a feature idea for, for the show you're going to do, Justin. Yeah? We could do something about, I don't know, dictators of uh, the uh, late 1940s. Mm. And um, maybe Mussolini, uh, maybe that fellow, what was his name? The fellow with the moustache. I don't do a programme about Adolf Hitler. That's you told. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I also, Justin, I was thinking maybe you could do a, a roundup of... Because um, bo- people like buying books at Christmas. They love books. You could do a roundup of all the, the, the fiction books. As you know, I, I deal in facts and not fiction. OK. I didn't know me. he was dealing. That's right. me told. Yeah, sorry about that. That's me told. Mate, you are going to get so stitched. Uh, you reckon? Yeah, oh, I know. Oh, oh, I know. Oh, do, do you? I've yeah. got an idea, guys. Yes, it's Christmas. Mm. Why don't you two just kiss and get it over with? Well, it's, uh, we've got Christmas party tomorrow night. Let's see what happens. Play your cards right, Just. Well, you know that you're invited to my R and B after show party. <laughs> the thing is, this is because we've been playing R Kelly too much. That's not a yeah. joke. No, it's not Him a joke. It's happening. Mm. But in the hotel, I don't think you're allowed to have parties in hotels. Uh, leave it to me. I've greased a few palms. Oh. <laughs> Right, Justin, what are, we, what are we talking about? I've got no flipping idea. The National Express story oh. in uh, The Sun today, page three. Um, you absolutely love this story, yes. don't you? Yes, I do. Um, it's about the National Express driver. There's a picture of him. Um, the Sun are appealing to you if you know this man to get in touch. I don't think that is the driver. I think that's one of the passengers. I don't know. I'm not convinced. Well, I'm it not... says here, passenger Trevor Wright oh, yeah. be- below. But why would they have a picture of a man then say, do you know the driver? Well, Trevor Wright, or is he below? Don't. <laughs> Stop it. His name is Trevor Wright, as in um, Ian Wright. Mm-hmm. Below. Yeah. But then, then it says underneath, barreled. do you know the driver? But that's not mm-hmm. in relation to that picture. Well, I think that there may be cross wires. Either way. I think there are, mate. Either way, there was a National Express driver. He was going to Heathrow Airport. Yes. Ended up in Lewis and got completely lost. And he basically, he basically walked out of his job. <laughs> he said, I've had enough, flipping enough of this, I'm off. Yeah, he was off. Brilliant. Some passengers had to then get taxis uh, down to Heathrow Airport. An incredible story. Now, it, it says in here about Satnav, which we'll come to in a moment. It also says in this article that uh, passengers had a nightmare journey. I've actually been this morning onto a National Express coach oh. to check out the vibe. No, the vibe. You, haven't, you haven't been on it. You stood outside respectfully. No, I was on it. No, no, you... Uh... Here's what happened. Thank you. Well, I'm actually on the coach now. <laughs> Guys, can we have a quick woo from the BBC on the National Express coach this morning? Give us a quick woo. Go on. Woo! Woo! That vibe is good. All right, I need to create another um, box for you, Justin, because it, it just keeps getting better and better. They are not nightmare passengers. They're having the time <laughs> of their lives this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, I then got talking to some of the drivers because yeah. this article says they're not allowed to have sat-nav. That's why this coach driver got lost in the first place yeah. because apparently it looks unprofessional. I wasn't convinced about this, so we've been to check that story out. Um, two different types of stories coming up here. Here's what the drivers had to say. Hang on. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? All right. Lovely. Can I ask you a question? As a National Express driver, do you have sat-nav in your coach here? No, no. So you're not allowed it? No. Have you ever got lost, boss? Sometimes. Where were you meant to be going? Um, back to Birmingham. And where did you end up? No, I phoned up the depot and they gave me directions with what I've got a coach for. 
So this is a big problem. National Express drivers getting lost. Just sometimes when they close the roads unexpectedly. So you're a driver for National Express. Um, how often do you get lost? Because you're not allowed sat-nav, are you? Never get lost. We follow a set route. So you don't need sat-nav? No, not at all. Are you a bit thick if you don't know where you're going? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Justin? I know what you're thinking. Yeah. Oh, two brummy accents. I can use that on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I will take that audio when I work it out. Justin, I know you've got more for us. We'll, we'll get the rest of it after this. Stay there, brother. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham Queen Alexandra Road is partially blocked because of an accident at the A40. That's causing queues on to Chestnut Avenue and on the A404 Marlow Hill to the M40 Junction 4 for the High Wickham Handicross roundabout. Police are there redirecting the traffic that's busy on all approaches at the moment. Having a look at the motorways, the M25 has a lane closed on the entry slip road at Junction 23 for the A1M uh, with queues around there. And the M25 clockwise is queuing much more busier than usual between Junction 20 for St. Albans and between that and Junction 23 for the A1M for uh, South Mims. Having a look elsewhere at the trains, there's still half an hour delays on Thameslink services between Bedford and Gatwick Airport. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 8.46, one week to go until Christmas Day. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man from Hatfield is beginning a life sentence for the murder of his wife with a minimum of 13 and a half years. Dexter Landsberg had already been arrested for assaulting 31-year-old Dina. Passengers due to fly from Luton Airport during the disruption caused by the air traffic computer glitch are to get a rebate. Um, and in sport, Liverpool will face Chelsea in the semi-finals of the League Cup after beating Bournemouth 3-1 at the Gold Sand Stadium last night. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Georgina. Hello, I'm here. There you go. Let's let's have the weather. We've got a mild but cloudy day today. Dry for many of us. One or two spots of drizzle around, though. And we've got west to southwesterly winds picking up with highs of 13 degrees Celsius, so well above the seasonal average. Rain coming in from the west tonight will be fairly light to start off with, becoming a little heavier later on, but it's only really a, a damp night. It's not heavy rain. And with lows between 6 and 10 degrees, it's cooler than last night. But it's not too bad, really. Most of the rain should have passed by the morning and then we're left with um, a lot of sunshine around tomorrow, some crystal blue skies and lighter winds with temperatures reaching 9 or 10 degrees. From Saturday through till the beginning of next week, though, it turns cloudy again with probably a little bit of drizzle around, uh, but at least milder once more. That's your latest forecast. Thank you very much. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... The wickedly funny Anne on, on Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> do, do you know who the real Anne is? Great guests. Yes, the real Anne is an amalgam of all these things. We're all multifaceted. Jasper Carrot's career spans five decades. And then you had to wear a bow tie and you had to do jokes about silly Irishmen and, and, and mother-in-laws. John Cleese is eating his microphone, aren't you, John Cleese? Delicious. Great music. Ow! In fact, I don't even think it had the horn part then. Great conversation. I always have said throughout my career, you know, you get me on board, I'll give you 100%. Have you still got it, Billy Ocean? Well, the audience seems to think I have. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. And I'll steal your wife. Hello, I'm, my name is Nick Coffer. I am from The Cooking Show and I wish you all a very happy reggae Christmas. Well, we're joined now uh, by Nick Coffer. Good morning, Nick. Three Counties. Yeah, good morning. Oh, flipping it. Good morning, Nick. 
Mrs Coffer in the background there. Good morning, Nick Coffer. What's he watching? Good morning. Oh, just be with you in a sec, mate. With his recipe for jerk chicken, here is. Good morning, Nick. Nick Coffer. Nick. Just, do you want to call for Nick? Yeah, Nick. Nick, can you pick up? Nick. Maybe Nick. call him by his stage name. No. Nicholas. Is Mi- there anybody there? Mr. Coffer. Dennis. In Dunstable. Dennis. Dennis, speak. There is no Mr. Oh. Coffer in Dunstable. Thank you very much. I am a coffer. I cough a lot. Thanks for calling. Now, Justin. So, we, uh, we got your take on uh, express coaches. And don't forget, guys, that uh, your licence fee paid for this. Well, I'm actually on the coach now. Guys, can we have a quick woo from the BBC on the National Express coach this morning? Give us a quick woo. Go on. Woo! Woo! That actually happened this morning, Some Justin. Very limp woos there. Yeah. <laughs> We've no. all had limp woos. It's, no. the, it's the Christmas season. To be fair, you know, this article says that uh, passengers were having a nightmare journey. Yeah. I'm trying to, to be impartial by going on the coaches this morning yeah. just to, to see how people are feeling in the build-up to Christmas. How's their journey? Uh, the vibe there was quite good. OK, now, what's this uh, third thing you've got? Yeah, well, you said uh, because this coach driver got up and he walked out of the and job... And by the way, mm. respect to this coach driver for realising he was out of his depth and going, do you know what? I'm off. I, th- yeah. I respect that. I and think abandoning that... his customers. Well, I mean, I respect the fact that he just said, you know what, I'm not going to pander to the man. I'm, I am completely out of my depth here. Bye. Yeah, yeah but how's he going to get home? Well, he, he, Don't know where he is. He's got no, he's got no <laughs> idea at all. But, uh, uh, yeah, so walking out of jobs. Yeah, have you ever walked out of a job? A um, couple of stories here with the same theme. Here's what people had to say. So we're talking about walking out of jobs today. Enough's enough. When have you ever got up and said, right, I'm out of here. I've had enough. What's happened to you? Well, I used to work for a long shift from 6 to 8. Well, overnight? That was a killer, yeah, from 6 o'clock in the morning to 8 p.m. And what were you doing? Printing. It's a printing company in London. So one day you just got up and you said... I'm not having this, and you walked out. That was it. I was always tired. Even when I'm off, I was always feeling tired. I just want to sleep all day. Was there a big weight lifted off your shoulder, almost like you had an elephant on your shoulder, yes, and you said, see you later, yeah. take your trunk with you? Yes, indeed. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've got an agency job for a warehouse, chilled warehouse. Um, it was a night shift. Um, I think it was like 10 o'clock until 4 in the morning. And I lasted until about 12. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. You didn't even make it through your no. first shift? No. Well, let's, uh, let's find out what the listening public think of that Vox, Justin. Woo! Woo! Yeah, it turns out they like it, mate. Good. I'm pleased. <laughs> turns out they like it. Boy, oh boy, you're going to get sick of that sound effect by, uh, by the end of tomorrow's show. <laughs> you're knocking my work. No, I'm not. I'm... I'm... Whoa, back away from the beef, brother. Wow, this is what happens. I'm, not, I'm saying that this is... This breeze. lacklustre... Justin, wasn't it? <laughs> Just play again. I think one was Justin. Hang on. Woo! Woo! There. Woo! I've heard that woo before. <laughs> it's a good woo, though. It's a good <laughs> woo. Woos go. That's up yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good woo. All right, Justin, see you in a little bit. Woo! <laughs> good work today. You still there, Dan? Nick? Dennis? Mr. Coffer? No, he's gone there. Good.
got a te- we've got some texts. Go on, let's have some. 08459 455 555. Last few minutes of the show. If you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome to. Go on. Evan Luton. You know we were always asking, where's the Ev? Yeah. We might meet him or her uh, oh, on Tuesday. He's in Luton. Might come and see you all. Yeah. What a question. This, again, moral maze questions keep coming in. Uh, what category does a fig roll fall into? It's not a biscuit, is it? I would suggest uh, it's probably a biscuit, Steve. It's yes. A, it's a biscuit, Steve. Uh, Dr. Watts, I brought uh, J- JVS some sweets back from Japan when he was on with Ernie Almond. He won't have eaten them. They were called, well, especially not with you consider what they were called. They were called Crispy Colon. Despite the horrible name, they were very tasty, says Dr. Watts. Those Japanese really do uh, the funniest things. Scott says, if you don't find homeless people for stealing, they will continue to do it as there be no punishment. Why should they be immune from punishment? And this one uh, from Ian. Good morning, Ian. Other Ian. A government DCLG report says 9%, that's close to 1 in 10 for unmathematical BBC BBC types, or let's call it 9... Hang on, 9% is 9 out of 100, more specifically. No, 9%... Yeah, OK, yeah. Of social housing is now occupied by migrants. Spin some positives out of that, Ian. Spin on it, Kath. Well, if it's only 9%, that means that uh, 91% is everybody else. Positive spin. All, all fact. I've got 50 reasons why a woman really does need a man. 50? Yeah. Irreverent, poignant and very funny by Jane Gordon. On her own for the first time in 30 years. So it's a touch of sadness. Um... Like millions of young women today, there was a time when I was convinced there was nothing a man could do that I couldn't do better. I even had a framed cartoon of Irina Dunn's famous feminist phrase, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. I might still hold such sexist views if for the first time in 30 years I hadn't had to face the reality of living without a man, but I was wrong. Six months after moving, alone, into an idyllic country cottage, idyllic idyllic. Either. Potato, potato. Either. I am. Sl- no one says. No one says potato. That song is so flawed. Tomato, tomato. I buy potato, potato. No one says potato. That's and that's what annoys me about that song. Is it Irving Berlin or um, the other fella? Irving Berlin. Um, uh, there are plenty, uh, plenty of things I need a man for. And uh, Listen, no, you did that so that no one would know what you meant. But we all heard the noise, and we all know what you were doing. She, well, these are the reasons she needs a man. Stop me, stop me, stop me, stop me if you've heard this one before. Yes, Morrissey, very useful man. Or Mark Ronson if you're trendy. I was doing Mark Ronson's. Oh, dear. Number one, to zip and unzip tricky dresses. Your dress has got um, zip... I myself. I've got very... Um, I've you, got opposable thumbs. You couldn't do that. I could. I okay. do. Uh, yes. Whoa, <laughs> too low. Here we go, here we go. This is a good one. This is why women need men. Um... Uh, they are good for putting out the rubbish. The combination of wheelie bins and fortnightly collections mean, means I need a man to push my monstrous bin, speak for yourself, love. Oh, she don't mind. What's she putting in it? She lives on her own. Down the gravel path to the road. She needs to recycle more. So you need uh, men to put bins out. Right. I, if I was a man, I'd be quite offended by this list. I have yet to hang a picture in my home. I need a man who can work an electric drill and knows what a rule plug is. What? My Blue wife, tech. What? Blue tech. Yeah, my wife... Oh God, we don't put posters up, my darling. We, we put actual framed pictures. My wife does all the, the, the hanging. I do as well, because otherwise they end up too high and only giants can see them. I need a man to tell me what I want to hear when I ask, do I look good in this? Record it. 
Oh, that's sad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Aww. But it's also sad asking someone who can't tell you the truth. Oh, come on, girls. I need a man to change the halogen lights in my bathroom. This woman needs um, one of those Haynes manuals, not this, a man. This is this is not um, poignant. What were we it's promised? Irreverency, poignancy and uh, humour. Do you know what I heard? Humour. Pathetic. Aww. All right, pick, pick, pick a number between 1 and 50. We'll, we'll go at random. 28. I heard 27 uh, the loudest, so we're going to go for 48. For 10 days, I've been suffering from a sore throat and a cold that, that's made me worry it might be terminal. I need a man to make me lemsip and tell me, don't worry, darling, it's just woman flu. Was the other one 27? Yeah. Isn't it weird that we both said the the opposite person's ages? You're cruising for a bruising, and I don't care whether it is Christmas. 27. holly on it. (laughs) How I miss being able to get all... Oh, by the way, I've got some um, mistletoe. Why is it down there? (laughs) How... Because I put it under the desk for safekeeping. Maybe you can help me um, get it out. How I miss being able to get all that bitching and moaning off my chest, safe in the knowledge that my ex isn't listening. I need a man to not listen to me. This woman's nuts. Why is she alone, I wonder? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Oh, I know it's pathetic, but I can't... 42. I can't face going to the cinema alone, and my female friends only want to see romantic comedies. Oh, man, there's nothing better than going to the cinema on your own. You're not... not, Whenever I go to the cinema, I'm always anxious that the person I'm with is not enjoying the film. Are you enjoying this? This is good. Do you want to go and see something? We can go if you want. I love going to the cinema. It's a really self-indulgent, wonderful, luxurious thing. You know what she needs to do? She needs to um, break her duck, get out there and realise that life isn't all about being in a twosome. You can do this by yourself. Break you her duck. Break yeah. her duck. That means when you've not done anything at all. I didn't know that women had ducks. Oh, yeah. I've got three. Are they the same as rabbits? No. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, a lane is closed on the entry slip road at Junction 23 for the A1M, so that's causing queues and it's in High Wycombe as well at Queen Alexandra Road. We're hearing that that is partially blocked because of an accident and that's at the A40. It's causing queues to Chestnut Avenue and on Marlow Hill to the M40 Junction 4 for the High Wycombe and you cross roundabout. Police are there at the moment redirecting traffic though. <coughs> a new pop pagnol on Alsbank Street. Can't we had a I'm swallow crying. the other day and now we had a throat clearance. A new I mean, pop d- on Alsbank Street. It's blocked because the bridge has been hit by a vehicle between High Street and Riverside. And on the A1 southbound, it's very busy between the St. Nick's Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout in the roadworks. On the trains, Thameslink yeah. have half-hour delays between Bedford and Gatwick Airport. Samantha Braff, BBC you, Three Counties You are Radio. lucky, Samantha, that I'm Im- imbibed and imbued with the Christmas spirit. I don't know which the right word is, so I'm using both. Would you like to apologise to the listeners? I apologise. Can we expect a, a throat-free <laughs> thing tomorrow? Well, I would try, but it's, it's trying to get away. There's oh, frogs in there. goodness sakes. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JDS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. It's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in... Would you turn a blind eye to someone shoplifting this Christmas? A homeless man.